Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Are you hungry for adventure? Do you crave hilarious and perilous tabletop campaigns? Don't bother rolling perception, pal. We've got you covered. Behold, Dungeons and Doritos. Nerdy Show's epic tabletop audio drama. A cinematic serial of mayhem-filled, morally questionable quests at DungeonsAndDoritos.com. The following episode of Flame On is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop. Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. What's going on, everybody? Pat DeBerry here with another episode of Flame On, 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 Spelunking, Unking, Unking. <laughs> Sorry, wrong podcast. <laughs> it is December 2019. We are getting ready to wrap up the year with our final pop culture roundup of 2019. Wow, I'm, I'm not used, still not really used to doing live December episodes. And like last year, did we do any December episodes last year? Yeah, did we? Yeah, yeah. It all blends together now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was like the first one that we had done as a live like discussion episode. Because usually I would put together, I'd piecemeal a uh, like a clip show kind of for uh, the end yeah. of the year. But last year I was like, I don't have time for that. Get over <laughs> here, we're recording. <laughs> I remember because two years ago I was like sitting in the car and you messaged me and you were like, Hey. Send me your clip, and I'm. Uh, I don't know why I set it up like I set it up when I'm calling in sick for work, <laughs> but like I would just pulled into a random parking lot, rolled my seat back, and was like, "Hi, this is Byron." And I'm like, "Wait, why am I talking like this? I'm not. I'm not in trouble." <laughs> You're like, I'm calling out from the podcast today, like Josh did I, today. Uh, uh, I have a sore throat, a swollen <laughs> uvula. Oh, girl, he sent me pictures down his throat. It it <laughs> looked just like when I had strep throat for the first time as oh. an adult, Ooh. and it's like he's got like that much space between his uvula and the sides of his tonsils. Like, 
Oh, it's crazy. Save it, for, he, save it for the calendar. He, he must have had some fun. <laughs> I was going to say. I don't know. <laughs> but it's, it, it, it wasn't strep, though, so I'm not quite sure what it is. But anywho, now that we've all been speaking, let me go ahead and uh, let's go around the table and introduce everybody. We've got BJ. Hey, what's up? We've got Eric. Howdy. We've got Brian. Hola. And we've got Maddie and Havoc roaming around. So oh, if you hear some oh, oh, clinky clinkies, oh, uh, I forgot to take off their collars before the recording. <laughs> I'll announce when they dog fart. Oh, yeah, so you thoughtful. usually do. Clang, clang, clang <laughs> with the Maddie. Ding, ding, ding with Havoc. Oh, that's nice. That's good. I approve. I should I go on your, your album. This, you is gonna, this is going to go on his parody album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we are ready to discuss the things in the month of December that have piqued our interest. And uh, I think we've got some pretty fun topics to discuss. So, Eric... I was blown away when you said that you had current relevant topics to discuss. My God. Yes. I was like, oh, this isn't from 2016. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, so I'm, I'm not behind the curve. I don't think I'm necessarily ahead of the curve. I'm just the, cur- you riding are, the curve. You're, <laughs> you're making that turn with the rest of the population. I love it. Uh, so what's going to be your first topic to chat about? Oh, how about we go into the unknown? Oh, boy. Ah! Oh, boy. Here we are. Womp, womp, womp. Diddy world. <laughs> and Frozen 2. Electric Yay. Boogaloo? Yes. <laughs> oh, they finally did it. Yay. <laughs> so everyone loved the first one, right? I never saw it. I, I actu- still haven't seen it. I actually, it's, you guys actually, sure it's, it was one of those departures from the standard Disney formula. Yeah. And it was it was very it, it was kind of like the beginning of their new era. It was very well done. Uh, the first one, I mean, the second one is done well as well. Done well as well. Yes, it well, works well. Yeah, well. it was well done. It was. It wasn't medium rare. No. Okay, just checking. <laughs> so it picks up a couple years after the first one ended. Everybody's happy and jolly. Gross. And then there's a random voice on the wind. That only Elsa can hear. Did she, she did she sing about the colors of the wind? No. That's oh. that's, that's a different uh, princess. Pocahontas was kidnapped. I mean, Continue. the people of Arendelle <laughs> might have done something. That might have been part of Pocahontas' tribe. But, um. Um, no, it was a different indigenous people. That ah. they, that they, uh, different indigenous it, people. Got it. Exactly. Um, which Disney actually went and talked to these indigenous people that they were uh using to represent this people that live in this enchanted forest and commune with the spirits um to make sure that they were uh correctly represented so wait they went to real indigenous people so that they could be correctly represented as fake indigenous people in this this fantasy i mean the same type of thing that they did with um when they did Moana. Oh, they yeah. went to like Tahitian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So like an amalgamy kind of. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They, yeah. They're not doing a strict interpretation. They're, but they don't want to just make up something random and then it happened to be have the likeness of of another indigenous people. I yeah, I see. Yeah. I see what they're doing. Yeah, hey, gig's a gig. Good for them. Yeah. You know? Um. So basically, something happened in the past. And they have to then go and solve it so everyone can live happily together. And Elsa gets better use of her powers. She's she basically finds out that she's the fifth element. Um, Does she have a multi pass? 
Almost. <laughs> did her hair turn orange and then her dress turned into a very interesting white She, she did have suit. another costume change. But this was, was it during the Into the Unknown song? No. No. Oh, no, damn. No, no, no. Um, which actually... So she has two big songs, two big solos, and they're really pushing Into the Unknown because the second one has kind of spoilery stuff during it. But I think the second song is a much better song and should actually be the one that they should be pushing for the awards. Yeah. Which they're not going to do, though, because Into the Unknown is already out there. Because Panic at the Disco didn't cover that one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I thought it was super which, interesting which, that he covered, he covered that. Which, actually, I would rather see them use the Panic at the Disco version to promote it. You don't like Brendan Urie's singing? Uh, did I say that? You made you made a weird face, like I would take Adina Menzel over Brandon Urie. Adine Bazil? Adele Dazim. Adele Dazim. But say both songs got nominated for an award. I would see Panic sing Into the Unknown, and I would see Adina sing Show Yourself. You don't want it to be like that one year at the Grammys where both Leanne Rhymes and I think Trisha Yearwood were both nominated for their version of How Do I Live? <laughs> and then they had Leanne Rhymes go out and sing the song at the actual uh, award show. And then when they read the category right after the performance and they show everybody, they show them sitting in their seats and then they show Leanne Rhymes behind, you know, backstage still. Yeah. And they're like, and the winner is Trisha Yearwood for How Do I Live? And it's like, <laughs> oh, well, sorry, Leanne. You know, I'm pretty sure you thought you were going to win since you were performing it. But Although I think Leanne made more money off of oh, her God. version of the song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who wrote the song? Was that Trisha who wrote it? I don't know. Uh, I'm no. not sure who wrote it. I I know it was used for a movie. It was used for Con Air. Con Air. I was like, I knew yeah, there was a like it's a been plane lost helicopter. Yep. And Trisha Yearwood sang the version that was in the movie. Yes, and um, that was the thing. And then and then Leanne's was somebody more gave like it a, to Leanne to do a pop cut of it. Well, it was a crossover hit. Yeah, I was gonna say. I'm like, it's not yeah. really poppy, but yeah. it's more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was definitely more mainstream than Trisha's yes. version oh, was. We should all know who wrote it. It was Diane Warren. Oh, uh, well, of course. <laughs> and it was originally... I thought you were going to say Diane Warwick for a second. <laughs> oh, <I was> like, <laughs> Diane Warwick? <laughs> That's Diane's her sister. Um, it was originally performed by Leanne. I guess uh, Trisha covered it after she did Oh. Yeah, that's surprising. Maybe, Le- maybe Leanne like, did the demo or something like that, and then they just didn't like her cut for the movie. Maybe. Huh. That's even shadier now. <laughs> <laughs> We like this cover better for the award, but we'll let you sing it at the show. So, so yeah. So anyway, sorry. Yeah. Back to <laughs> can we? Get, so you said the second song is spoilery, and it's called "Show Yourself." It's called "Show Yourself." So when you say spoilery, is it because they well, reveal that she's actually queer? No. Oh, okay. uh, I thought maybe. I mean, there's light coding in the movie, but light padding. No. Oh, snail trails. Coding. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> there, there is a character that you could. In your head, find a path. Head cannon? Is it Samantha? No. Samantha. <laughs> Samantha. Angela. <laughs> um, Sorry. Olaf is so meta this entire movie, and it's kind of fantastic. Oh, he, God, that he turns to Deadpool? No. <laughs> is he but breaking he, the fourth wall? He's full. No, he doesn't oh, break okay. the fourth wall. But he's full of existential dread and about growing up. And things changing, and the uh, frivolity of life. And wait, does he find out how tall he is in this movie? Is this where no. this comes from? No, this I think randomly happened on Wikipedia. Well, okay, yes, because there was something, and this is diverging a little bit from the movie itself. But 
I saw this post about the fact that Olaf the Snowman is five four, yep. is listed as five feet four inches tall. Yep. And then if uh-huh. you look but at then them when in you the see movie. a scene and he's like halfway up uh like to uh Elsa's waist. Yep. It's like so, so she's like eleven foot. These are some big people. Seriously. Um crazy. Anywho, back to the movie, sorry. So yeah, and Olaf at one point just makes up Samantha. He's out, he's lost in the woods. And he's just calling out for people, and all of a sudden he says, Samantha? <laughs> I don't even know a Samantha. <laughs> there was another just, post that had the, the pop with just the empty case. <laughs> it was like, Frozen 2, Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the George Glass pop, the double yeah. pack with, uh, oh, nice. uh, with was it Marsha and, uh, or no, Jan and uh, Jan. It's Jan, Marsha, and then there's like. Ed well, it's a double pack, but it's like Jan Brady and uh, George Glass. Yeah. And the other half of it's just empty. <laughs> um that's a real one that's an actual one you can buy i the samantha one i think was just a a photoshop or somebody made it but the george glass one you can buy that's cool uh christoph who's voiced by jonathan groff it was kind of weird in the first movie that he didn't get a song like a real song but this movie they give him a song and it's a full 80s power ballad Oh yeah! Oh my god! I heard it's very like appropriate for the character, but out of not appropriate for the movie. Otherwise, yeah, it's a, it's another meta thing that it's shot like an '80s music video, so it's got like Queen Bohemian Rhapsody type uh, moments <laughs> where like it's just superimposed pictures of the reindeer like all around him because there's a herd of reindeer now, and Jonathan Groff still does all the voices for all of the reindeer. Oh God. So, like, if you listen to the track... They have voices? In his head. Yeah, it's like oh, he's, he's oh, making oh. them up. Yeah. Okay. He talks for Sven all the time, so now he's talking for all the other reindeer as well. Mind you, I haven't seen Frozen, yeah. so oh, I don't know right. that the that it, that there's voices. It, it's yeah. like it's like when you it's like when you're hanging out with your with your dog like by yourself or you know with people that you're friends with, and you're just like, "How are you doing, Maddie?" And you're like, "I'm doing fine." And it's that's what he does with his reindeer the entire movie. Yeah. So, All right. So he's doing that for a herd of reindeer, <laughs> which for like a four-year-old probably seems like he's he's insane and terrifying. <laughs> he is kind of insane. Feel <laughs> what you feel, and those feelings are real. Come on, Kristoff, let down your guard. Wow. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So if you listen to that full song that was just starting, he had to do, I think about 10 different tracks of his voice because his is the only voice on there but it's like 10 different parts because it's him singing the solo and then a chorus of reindeer it's pretty fantastic and then there's one point in the movie where anna well basically elsa dies oh is that what the spoiler was and then, spoiler alert and then because elsa dies olaf dies basically in anna's arms and she has this huge moment of grief and just everything. Jesus. But then she solves the problem and fixes everything. And then Elsa comes back to life. So Olaf comes back to life. Oh, well, all right. That works. Yeah. 
So Elsa's Jean Grey. Yes. Oh. Jean Grey. Oh. She's forever. She's I am Ice Phoenix. <laughs> she's Jean Grey. She's the fifth element. She's She's a cross play of Iceman. Yeah. <laughs> and then so Aunt Elsa ends up living in the forest with the indigenous people and Anna goes back and she rules Arendelle. Oh. The end. Is it though? I feel like it's waiting for another one. I they could probably keep going. I uh, probably. I mean, the money is there. Uh, they're going to the money. They're going to. <laughs> well, they. So, the last time we talked, I was talking about those uh, pitch meetings. Yeah. And they did one. He he did one. They. It's just him talking to himself. <laughs> uh, he did one for Frozen two, and it basically starts off. Um, you know, well, didn't Frozen end with them living happily ever after? He goes, yeah. But then money happened. Was, oh, then money happened. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, that that's kind of why it took them a while to do the sequel because there like, was no story. Yeah, they, they were like, like how, how do we craft a story for this? We didn't think we were going to do this. Um, but Which there's times that I wish that that's kind of how things were. Like if you have a concrete story and you have a concrete ending, just let it be. Like, yeah. let it go. If you will, oh, indeed. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, no. we should stop. No, 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 no. Um, and on the soundtrack, there are three pop covers. There's the we talked about it before. Panic at the Disco covers Into the Unknown. Um, Casey Musgraves does a cover of the Mom's song, which the Mom is now voiced by Evan Rachel Wood. Um, and then. Weezer does a cover of the Kristoff Lost in the Woods song, which is pretty good. Huh. Mm-hmm. How many how many flames would you give it? I would give it four flames. Four ice flames. Trying to take my job now? <laughs> I see what? how it is. <laughs> Listen, we're just alley ooping. We're <laughs> we're covering each other's blind spots. <laughs> I'm sorry, how many flames did you say? I said four flames. Four Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I think it's good. I think it um it's a good enough story that it was worthwhile to be made all right so awesome frozen 2 look at that look at you in 2019 seeing something current and relevant look at you go all right so we're gonna go from that over to brian why don't you give us your first one so i think i'm the only one who's been watching the watchman yes i still don't I have don't, HBO. I, don't, I don't have hbo who watches the watchman Exactly. Brian watches the Watchmen. Oh, you just ruined it. No, uh, so evidently, I thought last week's episode was the finale, and I watched it today, and Eric caught the tail end of it. And it's not. Tonight's the finale, as we're I was recording like, this. There's six more episodes. But, uh, oh. but I want to just throw it out there, because uh, I am a huge Watchmen comic book uh, fan from the original Alan Moore. Yes, Alan Moore. I said his name. Nerd. Even though he's taken his name off of everything else that's come from it. What'd you say today? Uh, nothing. Uh-huh. What? Uh-huh. Nothing at all. Okay. Buddy? Wait, I just need to know, is there big blue penis in this? Uh, there's, uh, well, okay, so we're going to get into spoilers. There is blue penis. I, I, let me just oh, okay. confirm that oh, before okay. I get to spoilers. <laughs> I, was saying, right. that was, I was like, uh, And I don't know how much, like, you know, I don't think there's a lot that you can, well, no, there's a lot you can spoil. So I'll try to do this without ruining anybody's experience uh, forthcoming. Uh, this is a sequel. In fact, it's interesting because they were very cagey about how they were promoting it. 
Yeah. They, they didn't they didn't want to say it was a sequel for various reasons, but they kind of were like, oh, it's a different thing. We're going over here and exploring a different story, which is absolutely true. But of course, that story quickly dovetails into uh, the events of the Watchmen, uh, but 30 years after. So it's set in 2019 in this alternate universe where there was a horrifying uh, alien invasion killing three million people in New York in the 80s. If you've seen the Watchmen, of course, this is the fake uh, you know, hoax that uh, Adrian Veidt or Ozymandias was using to stop the nuclear arms uh, buildup that was the basically the doomsday clock idea. Uh, Russians versus the United States. And so in this world, that happened. All of that happened, but it's 30 years later. People have largely kind of moved on. It's set in Tulsa, not in New York, uh, even though they do go to New York in flashbacks. Um, what's cool about that is they explore this um, real thing that happened called the, um, oh gosh, what was it? Uh, the Black Wall Street. Uh, there was a uh, a very very successful part of Tulsa that a oh, lot of African American yeah. uh, business people, a lot, a lot of families. It was like a a really thriving community, and the Klan actually like kind of destroyed or you know led a revolt against this community. And uh, you know it, it's portrayed very viscerally in the first episode, and you're kind of like, what, what, huh? And like, it's so surreal that I guess, and you know, when I watched it, I had heard of Black Wall Street, but I didn't know the story as well. And there were actual like Klansmen in planes dropping bombs and like shooting stuff. Like it's it oh, was yeah. crazy. So the fact that they take that idea and sort of extrapolate this whole story involving. Uh, certain characters from the Watchmen and then tying it all together uh, with uh, racial identity and sort of the uh, gen not gender, but race politics. And just it's it's built something that's really quite beautiful as a compliment to the Watchmen. And I would as much as it is a sequel, I think a compliment is a better term because it really fills in gaps and explores an area that the original Watchmen didn't do. It, it elevates the source material. It elevates the source material, but it also sort of fills in things that the source material probably could have dealt with, but it didn't for whatever reason, you know, whatever. So it's like a it's like a pre-sequel because they're going back and explaining things, but it also takes place after the event. Yes, 100%. So they do actually go back and sort of explore some areas that lead into the Watchmen. And if you read DC Comics, they had this before Watchmen set of miniseries, and it touches on a little bit of stuff they cover in that with the Minutemen. Um, which which the main Watchmen book does as well. So there's one more episode. It's on HBO. Uh, again, there's some things that I could say that it were, would would kind of ruin it. I mean, I think one safe thing is is that there are definitely characters in this being a sequel that are from the original Watchmen. Specifically, if you've seen any amount of promotion, you probably know that Jeremy Irons is in it, and he plays Ozymandias. That's that's revealed fairly early on. Oh, nice. And then Gene Smart also is a big part of it. Uh, and she plays uh, Silk Spectre. Oh, okay. Yeah. So those two characters, um, amidst many other uh, cool and interesting new characters, are woven together in in this this Tulsa community and and dealing with race the the re return of race riots and race problems. There's a new group that's largely influenced by Rorschach called the Seventh Cavalry, and uh, they're doing nefarious things and leading a you know, basically, you know, terrorizing uh, communities there. And the police in Tulsa are equipped with masks. So they all have like yellow face masks. So they don't, they protect their identity. 
and then there are their own homegrown vigilantes that are also part of the police force. So all of this comes together, you know, with some really cool stuff from the, the original. And I just I'm thrilled it's doing well because I didn't know how accessible this would be. But a few people who I've talked to who don't know the source material at all, they may have seen the movie once, but, you know, it's, it's been a while, like seem to sort of pe- catch on and pick up. And I think they do a good job of re-explaining what they need to from the original as well. That was a review I read pretty much said that, that that does a really good job of simultaneously disconnecting itself from the original story, but also keeping itself thoroughly like tethered to it when it needs to be. Yeah, and then the last two episodes, this, this, the penultimate episode really, really knits it together in a way that's pretty cool. Um, and then the finale will kind of resolve what has all been built up. So uh, there's an excellent compliment podcast that they're doing. Um, and if you just look up Watchmen podcast, you'll find it. it's got Damon Lindelof, who's the showrunner. Uh, it's got him in being interviewed about the episodes. And it's also cool because he talks about why he chose this, why he wanted to do it. The uh, the influence of Ta-Nehisi Coates work and some other stuff that he was experiencing, reading about Black Wall Street, you know, learning about things. And and I think he started this project right after Charlottesville. So you feel the influence of contemporary uh uh, xenophobia and uh, race uh, politics in the show, but it's pretty cool. So uh, it's still fun. Like you know, it's a great, a great soundtrack by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. And uh, like, I don't want to seem like it's just like whew, race riots, xenophobia, but it's still really fun. So it is. much so fun. Enjoy it. <laughs> there, there is a sense of humor that's not like slapsticky, but there is like a dry, like a wit, like a dry wit, and there's a good amount of like you know costuming, uh, superhero you know stuff. That is palatable. So I don't I, I wanted to say all that, but also say it's still a, it's still entertaining. I guess that's I, fun is the wrong word. It's entertaining. Do we finally see the giant squid? Uh, yeah, they do show the giant squid in a flashback. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. And I don't remember if the movie did the no, movie. No, okay. it did not. Ha- and that was that was a point of contention about. Yes. Movie. Yes. So in the th- three and a half hours, three hours that that movie was, it was no giant squid. Nope. Wow. Nope. I I re- vaguely recall that they kind of sidestepped it, but uh, but anyway, yeah, you got to check it out and they say there's one more episode left, so uh you got plenty of time to catch up and I'm I'm assuming they're going to do a second season. I think that feels like that's possible, but we'll see with the finale how uh how uh, how finished it feels. Very nice. Watchmen on HBO, the home box office. Oh, the homo box office. <laughs> if you're nasty. All right, BJ, what is your first topic for us? I can't believe we've come so far. Um, I thought you were going to say, I can't believe it's not butter. And I was like, wow, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I just discovered this butter substitute. <laughs> um, I put it on everything. Um, no, uh, Steven Universe Future has finally started airing. Um, and a shout out to Drew Green, who worked on the first episode. Yep. Deep friend of the pod. So <laughs> what character is it that he created? I think he was talking about, or not created, but like storyboarded. The I remember seeing like the thing he posted. Oh, was it Little? I think it was Little, was it Little Laramar? It's the big one that's like Steven's showing around. Or... Oh, Cherry Quartz. Yes, Cherry Quartz. Yeah, yes. so so at the, the first episode, all of this takes place after the movie. Um, you have all the corrupted gems... Um, or almost all of them have been uncorrupted. Um, the diamonds have dismantled the empire. Everything's 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 relatively good, 
and you kind of the first episode you're just following around a uh, a newly uncorrupted gem that is cherry quartz. Before um, you go any further, let me ask: Where does this sit compared to Steven Universe the movie? Uh, I believe this takes place. They haven't given an exact timeline yet because they've uh, so far they have seven episodes, six or seven episodes out. Um, because uh, I know there were two last night, I believe. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, they're they're uh, right now. They're airing them. I think as of whenever this podcast airs, um, there should be. I think till the end of December, every Saturday they're doing anywhere between three and two episodes. Wow. We were struggling to get them to put any out like during season, you know, the, the first five seasons. Oh, yeah. And they're like, here, take them all. So, they, yeah, so they're piling them on because it's uh, Re- Rebecca Sugar pretty much uh, said that it's it's pretty much a um, an epilogue series. Yeah. But um, but so you've uh, you've got all the gems effectively from the rebellion that now live on Earth and can live their own lives. Uh, um, the reason I ask is because of the length of time for uncorrupting these gems and what does that mean by the way I'm, i need to catch up what does corrupted mean so um around in the earlier seasons of the show there were like these monsters they would be fighting uh at the effectively at the end of the gem of the home world uh crystal gem war all of the gems left on earth who were part of the rebellion were thought to have been destroyed but they were actually corrupted that's the whole the image where they would show the three of the diamond's hands blasting and then rose quartz putting the shield up over her and the crystal gems in that blast it, they thought they killed all the gems but they actually corrupted them yeah so so all the all the, all like the monsters Lapis Lazuli that they had popped. the crack in, in her gems they had a steven licked his hand and he was able to heal her so it, uh, that little like centipede monster that oh, centipedal. He would always, a centipedal that he would feed chips to like the first episode is the green centipede with the one eye and it's got like the almost like a, a pincer for a mouth and yep. he feeds it chips yeah most of the monsters they fight are actually gems yeah so are the crystal uh, what are they called the three the crystal gems, the crystal gems. Are, are they corrupted no. no. Oh, okay. That's oh. Rose Quartz had her shield. Rose Quartz oh, so was able to protect got them. Got yeah, Rose Quartz okay. was Which only able to save them. Which makes sense now that she was a diamond. Yep. Because <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> How is this shield really How... just doing this? Exactly. And is Cherry Quartz related to Rose Quartz? Um, so Quartz are generally soldiers. Okay. Um, their their color really just kind of depends on how they were what what area of the earth they were grown in and the minerals. Oh, got it. Um, but you do you do have some Rose Quartz floating around actual uh. And uh, one or two that look identical to Stephen's mother, um, but you have, but you've, so you've got this place next to Beach City called Little Home School. Wait a minute, what? The roses w- look like Stephen's mom. I thought that. Yeah. No, yeah. she. There, she, her form was based off of a court soldier. Really? Yes. That's an episode that oh. will. F- if you, if you yourself have not seen the episode Rosebuds, it will fuck with you. On every level, this from the new se- the new series. Yes, it is episode oh, okay. three, I believe. I haven't I haven't been able to watch any of them yet, so I've got to catch up. But so, I could because I know that the rose quartzes were in the zoo. They right? were all they were all bubbled. Just or not for in the not like, in the zoo, but they were in that same area because yep. they found like all the rose quartzes sequestered. Yep, and bubbled them. And bubbled, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought that there was. I thought when they were talking about when they finally went through like Rose's turn. Uh-huh. And I, I thought, I I guess I, I'm remembering incorrectly, but I thought she had a different form and then took the the like humanoid shape 
based off of something when she met Greg. So okay, nope, nope. All nope. right, never mind. Um, Pearl, no, that's really weird. <laughs> per- Pearl actually helped her uh, originally inspired the the rose quartz form. Oh, okay. Um, but so you've got uh, everybody is officially in era three. Gems are free to explore who they are, what they want to be, and they can go to a place called Little Homeschool, which uh, Stephen and the Gems run. And gyms can literally learn anything from just learning how to think for themselves, uh, developing a hobby. Um, Peridot has a greenhouse and a farm. Um, so you've got so you've got all of the side characters uh, kind of doing their own thing. Uh, in the meantime, you have Steven, who now is 16 years old and officially has to have a neck. We have a neck. Well, number one, he has a neck now, everybody. Um, and he also now has to emotionally deal with the fact that his mom was not a good person. She was reckless. And you get to actually, full, now that Steven, is, see, the thing is, now that all, all the secrets are gone, all the, all, everything's been dropped, um, you yourself get to actually fully understand the ramifications of what Rose Quartz did, what Pink Diamond did, everything. Um, you even there's an episode where you get to meet uh, Pink Pearl, uh, Pink Diamond's first Pearl. Um, you get to understand. Uh, there's actually there's a really there's a really good episode on domestic abuse, but um, the main synopsis for this entire season is now that Stephen has helped everybody else solve their own issues, he has to deal with his own issues. As well as the fact that he has incredibly horrifically destructive power. Um, he'll he'll glow pink and can literally like you know toss a gem around like it's nothing. Um, because he's sixteen, he now gets legitimately angry and upset and is. And he's a diamond, so I mean yeah. his power level is not that of a rose quartz. Now. Exactly. So there's a lot of realizations and ramifications mm-hmm. just from that. Um, so, but it's, so far it's been, it's been really good. Um, all of the side gems are absolutely hilarious and just cute. Uh, little Larimar is the little Bjork one that, uh, it's just like, what are these wonderful sounds? And he's like, oh, that's the sound of people screaming with happiness. And she's like, I love the screams. I want to hear the human screams forever. And does, you're like, does Ugh. she really have like a Bjork accent? Oh yeah, 100%. Oh, that's so great. It's I gotta super watch cute. Okay. And one day, Steven... I'll make you scream. And <laughs> you're like, oh, that's disconcerting. Um, I was going to say, maybe Bjork actually is the voice. And I was like, wait I, a minute. I really want it to be Katya as <laughs> Bjork. Oh, God. That would I be like great. It looks like pastrami. <laughs> but, but, you, but you definitely, you get, you get, um, you do get an update on the zoom-ins. You get an update on um, a couple of the. Um, Did you say zoom-ins? Yeah. The, the zoo humans? The zoom humans. Oh, okay, yeah. Cool. Um, is the is the uh, pumpkin dog still there? Uh, they haven't showed pumpkin yet. Oh, um, but is lion there? Lions pop been popping around. Okay, good. Uh, hanging out. Um, you've got um, you've got the famethists. The famethist is hanging out uh, too. Um, all of amethyst's siblings that were uh, created on Earth. Oh, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm like, wait, which one's amethyst? I'm like, wait, like, which one are the purple ones? Um, and then I was trying to remember which when, when they came into into play. Because for some reason, all I could think of in my head were um, the rubies, you know, like Eyeball and uh, the rest of them that were sent into space and trying you, to kill Steven. You get you get an update on um, you get an update on Eyeball. 
Oh. You get an update on um, the one with the teardrop, the one that I fucking couldn't stand. That one I was like, just punch her in the face. Um, oh, the teardrop. Yes. Uh, from the episode, um, Are You My Dad? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forget uh, which gem, but yeah. Yeah, okay. you get an update. You get an update. You get an update on her. Um, yeah, so it's it's very much every episode cleans up just a little bit of the plot and a little bit more. And so it's actually nice seeing Steven as the one who doesn't really know what to do and doesn't actually have the ability to like really help anybody else because everybody else is living their best lives now. Um so uh, there's actually a really intense, cute moment with uh, Jasper. Um, so it's it's honestly, if you if you've watched the entire original run of the series, there's really nothing I could say to make you not want to watch it or watch it. But honestly, it it pays off. So if you like, if you've put in the work to watch five seasons in a movie, this it gives you <laughs> it, honestly so far every episode has given me almost every, everything, and it hasn't felt too rushed. It hasn't felt like bogged down by any special message. Um, it'll just I'm just very inter- interested in seeing like how Stevens uh, how Steven kind of deals with his own issues because he doesn't know how to do that. Dealing with other people's issues is easier because um, there's even a line where Amethyst tells him, you know, maybe you should stop trying to fix everything and everybody and work on yourself. So. Still, still, Rebecca Sugar still hitting us with the with the uh, introspective and all that stuff. Also, congratulations to Rebecca Sugar for getting married. Um, apparently, Rebecca Sugar married the creator of OK Go. They both were working on projects at the same time, and that's how they met. Very so, nice. Yep. Has yeah, Spinell made an appearance? Not yet. Okay. Uh, the diamonds have not popped popped back up. Yet, oh, okay. Okay. But um, yeah, right now it seems like they're very earthbound on like the current cast and issues. But I feel like coming up here soon, we did get to see Sunstone and Rainbow Two Point again. Um. So. Very nice. Yep. That's Steven Universe Future on Cartoon Network. For my first topic, I just want to uh, touch base back into the world of the X-Men. Jonathan Hickman's uh, magnum opus for the X-World, the reboot, soft yet hard reboot. <laughs> the I have no idea what kind of reboot this is because I'm really trying to figure out where some of the plot points well, from history it's really and, and honestly it doesn't even really feel like a reboot you could actually pass off all of the different timelines and everything as just her attempts to like change things well yeah, yes yeah, yeah. yeah but then those things don't happen in this timeline no right and it's like okay well and my biggest thing for me um is inferno phoenix like those things, and it's like, wait, uh, what? Who? But wait, huh? But I mean, Hickman, um, he hasn't talked a lot about it, but I mean, yeah, he, it's meant to be inclusive. Well, and they're one of the um, bar sinister, sinister secrets, maybe alluded to something Inferno related, and then there was a question about um, Jean Grey being Marvel Girl and wearing that outfit, and he did um, have a very cryptic response. Uh, where it said something along the lines of, well, when was the last time that she wore that outfit? And that was when she put it on on the moon before she sacrificed herself. So it's kind of one of those things like where it's just, there are seedlings for everything. And I, having read it so far, I'm not going to dive into all six titles and try to like break things down. 
Um, but there are six fantastic titles at the current moment. Which ones will continue on further is yet to be seen. Um, there is talk, I believe, of Fallen Angels not sticking around. Uh, that it might have been not billed as a limited series, but actually have been planned as a limited series. Maybe a six-issue run. Um, and possibly just, I guess, being one self-contained story for these characters. But we have a Wolverine um, solo series coming up. We have... What is that new one? Oh, the uh, weird... Mavericks? Or no, not, not no. Mavericks. Um, oh, Marauders. No, no, Marauders. No, we already have now. Marauders. We already have Marauders. Yeah, I'll It's look something it else. That's... They just announced a team. Yeah, it's, it's like like one. Uh, Havoc. And, it's, yeah. Hav- uh, it's Havoc Vulcan. Mm-mm. I thought it was uh, was no. that Vulcan on the no. or is that Corsair? Psylocke, right? Yes, Psylocke. So there's a new team, and it was built as the most messed up team of X Men, and they did a reveal over four, three or four days. I think it's four days. There was eight characters on the team. Uh, so you have Nanny and Orphan Maker. You have Wild Child. You have Havoc, Psylocke, uh, Mister Sinister. Um, it's called Hellions. Oh, Hellions! I knew it was a villains team name because yeah. that was um. I was in Hellfire. Emma Frost. It's the Hellfire Clubs. Yeah, so. yeah, but she also used that name in New X Men, I think. Yeah, as, as her team of kids. Right, right. Yeah, yeah it's very Emma Frost yeah. Hellfire Club. Did you, say, did you say Wild Child? Yes, and then Sinister, of course. Yep. I said him. Who was in? Uh, who's in the front? I don't know who this guy is. It's got the weird little unitard kind of looking uh, outfit does it say down there zeb wells who's done a lot of, a lot of marvel work here and there he's writing it um so that's exciting and i guess the way this uh who is it that's empath and scalp hunter the two that i missed so, oh, okay. so the total is the team roster is wild child nanny orphan maker empath scalp hunter uh mr sinister havoc and psylocke yes so who Quanon has taken that name because well. Quanon was uh, not a good name. <laughs> orphan Maker? Yeah. Nanny and Orphan Maker. So they yeah. were way back. Like I was going through all my old comic books and they were like introduced back when Gambit was introduced, like that era. X Factor like 85? I think X Factor 31. L- yeah, it was X like Factor, before was, that. Oh, okay. But I mean, it's, it's old school, back when Storm was a child again. Um, but if you want to get sort of the inside scoop on what hickman is doing he has not done a lot of interviews he did one with this podcast called off panel and it's fascinating because he talks about like how he got the gig i guess he's had this idea for like a long time and it talks about how his role (coughs) is like showrunner although he hates he hates the term um oh he hates i think it's showrunner and a different term he hates that term but the idea is he's really working with these writers He's not writing them. He's not even giving them like outlines. He's saying, pitch me in this world. Let me help you develop it. I may, he's done this now already with New Mutants. I, he may jump in and write a couple issues because he needs to move pieces around. Yeah. But. Well, he started off New Mutants, didn't he? He, he start, both X-Men and New Mutants. He, he started it, but it's never, it was never his intent to do more yeah. than those two, two issues. Yeah. Because I guess what he's saying is that whole space thing is oh, going to. Well, that makes sense as to why that story ended so quickly. Because yeah. yes. that was my big thing. I'm like, the end of one, the end of issue one, and then the jump in two, and then it basically was like, here's your jumping off point. I'm going to, I'm going to get you into space and get there, be, have there be a reason for this, for you to be in the same area. 
And now, okay, now go with this story. Yeah, so he and he's tying it into some of the stuff he did with Infinity, at least in that character of Adam Smasher, who's on the, uh, he's she's Imperial the, Guard. Yeah, she's oh. Sam's wife or whatever with the kid. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, no, I was like, I have no idea oh. who he married. I, I it was, was all in confused. the Avengers, New Avengers run he did oh, okay. with uh, Infinity and then um, Secret Wars. So. Uh, Hickman is not it, he has an arc he's trying to tell stories within it I'm sure you're going to talk about the latest X-Men with the Golden Girls knockoff thing <laughs> what do they call it horticulture horticulture or horticulture horticulture one of the best issues in X-Men in so long I like writing wise the 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 acting in the in the illustration when you see that one panel with like uh, Cyclops and Emma and um, uh, Sebastian and they're just like their mouths are just agape <laughs> At what they're witnessing. Oh my God! I, I mean, and and any time that Hickman writes Mister Sinister is just a joy. Oh my God! This is the gayest Mister Sinister, and I fucking live I for it. Love it. This is. Oh. And I guess he got that idea from Kieran Gillen's uh, Mister Sinister, um, who kind of sassied him up originally. Yeah, I just love and, the, it. and I was gonna say Cena ran with it, the the idea too a little bit in yes, the Iceman run. Absolutely, I absolutely love. I love sassy, sassy sinister. Is I love my that we've sinister. gone back to like classic Mister Sinister and not like the very yeah. Victorian, like refined or Ms. Sinister, which all serve their purposes. And on an island of clones, are fine to have them running around and that they're part of Sinister. Yep. But I love classic, sassy, classic looking, sassy gay Mister Sinister. Like that is just, I'm I'm one thousand percent here for it. Uh, but yeah, so they're. In the X-Men uh, main book, you've now got this whole uh, new group that's coming in and trying to find a way to... They backdoor hacked uh, the portals. They're trying to like steal the, um, the Krakoa flowers to be able to reverse engineer this, uh, the, what makes them give all these beneficial things for humans. And yeah, they are basically just octogenarians that are crazy as fuck and weird. And I know I didn't know if I liked them. And then shit would happen that was just really funny. And it just, and then Emma's like, Emma stepped back and let the boys try. And they're, she's like, mm, all right, time and form. Let's do this. And then they're like, you're going to let us leave. And she's like, all right, fine. Um, Excalibur has been interesting. I am intrigued to see what this story is with Akaba and Apocalypse. And I just want them to get Captain Britain back. I know. I want Brian to not be that weird black night for megan or not megan morgan morgan lefay um fallen angels is interesting because it's showing such a side of um uh, of psylocke do we know any other name for her besides that because she she won't go by Quanin because that was like a a, a title that oh, from, yeah. from her past life that she doesn't want and revenge is what they named her after she came back but she's Psylocke and picked up the 90s costume. Who knew? And It's her body. I'm, well, but was that her costume? Because uh, she had on a whole, she had a whole bodysuit with a cape and a big old like headpiece that went with it when she was, when they put Betsy into that yeah, body. Yeah. Um, but whatever. But it's interesting to see her dynamic, her story, 
and her dynamic with um, Cable, Cable, and Laura, and Laura, and you know, seeing all that unfold. Uh, New Mutants is interesting. Uh, I didn't, I didn't think I would want to read a New Mutants book until I started reading this, and I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I like the first two a lot. The third one, which is where again uh, Hickman stepped away and Brisson took the book. I haven't read that one yet. Out of the oh. new ones that just came out, I only read X Force. So all I'll say about that is not spoiling it. It, it. it does pick up a different set of the newer mutants, and they basically go to kind of collect mutants that, for whatever reason, have not joined the island. For for you know, like they go to see Beak from the Morrison run. Yeah, uh, and his wife and their family, and they kind of get involved. Angel. And, uh, yeah. Yep. I know. If it's, they were. Mutants I could not stand and did not need back in this universe. It's Beacon Angel and their weird beak children with bird babies. Yeah, it's it's well, it's all about them, but there there's conflict that's not about them. It's a whole thing, and I it's 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 just shocking because you know Hickman's stuff is very one thing, one tone. And then this comes along, and it's a completely different tone. So I kind of like that with yeah. some of the books. Oh well, I mean, but go, yeah, I can understand within from a book. One I don't to, yeah. from one issue to another. Uh, Marauders is fantastic. Kate yeah. Pride, probably the best being thing. A sassy bitch. Oh yeah. Oh my god. And then um, I still, I still love how they've just carried over Gay Iceman being so sassy. Yeah. But we have our top men working on it. I would like to meet these top men. Uh-huh. So would I. <laughs> what? Okay, well. I, I think, right. oh, was it Jerry Duggan that said, I, I think, oh, see, I don't want to misquote this, but I know Jerry and uh, uh, Hickman both have collaborated, and they've really, that, that's been good for them. Uh, Jerry Duggan's the one who actually pitched the Pirates idea. Hickman had uh-huh. no intention of doing that and then said, go on. I like Pirates. <laughs> Carry on. Keep um, telling me more. So, and I think something, and this is where I don't want to misquote, but I think it was said somewhere that the reason Duggan sort of stole, uh, quote-unquote, Cena's Cena's team team is because Jerry Duggan is a fan of Cena's work and wanted to carry on some of the ideas that, you know, he started in the Iceman book, so. uh, Well, I mean, that makes sense, and I mean, it was a good team, it was a good concept. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, you know, if he wasn't going to, Cena wasn't going to be able to carry it on, at least it's. His influence is still being felt. Definitely. There. So I, you know, that makes me feel a little better. Like just in general. I mean, Cena's not probably not gonna. Yeah. Oh no, I'm sure he was still because even when that after Marauders One came out, he had posted I think on Facebook or he tweeted and he was like, "Oh, it's nice to see that the uh, the editors at Marvel relaxed on those gay jokes." I'm like, oh, okay, sorry, but yeah, Marauders is fantastic. I'm loving X Force. Um. I'm not always the biggest fan of Wolverine, nor am I the biggest fan of Kid Omega, uh, but I kind of enjoy their um, dynamic on this, like, we need to hunt down who killed Charles, like, extravaganza. Um, So, I mean, the books are just doing really well. It'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, the new Wolverine series. That's probably not going to be one of my first things to go out and run out and read, Um, but I know that a lot of people are going to be excited about that. We've got Hellions coming up. Um, we have a Moira uh, limited series coming up. So there's a couple more books that are coming out. I would like to see them keep it limited. And if they're going to do like some of these, like swap out, if Fallen Angels is going to be like a, a non-limited limited series and then Moira, like I would like to see some of those titles 
bob and weave out and not have to worry about okay well now i've got 12 books instead of six books that i'm trying to keep up with because i think keeping it in this like tight six has done a world of good because you have different feels and different tones but you're still getting a cohesive story and if you go too far outside of that it's tougher to keep um all of these people in one like in one direction so if you have not picked up uh or you have not read Jonathan Hickman's uh, run on the X-Men, House of X and Powers of Ten have a hardcover uh, trade that came out because I know it is perched right up in the front at a comic shop. Is uh, it a combined yep. trade or is it two separate trades? It's combined. It's a one hardcover book, House of X, Powers of Ten. Um, I wonder if it's in the right reading order. It's uh, it's like a big omnibus. It probably is. I would imagine I, it would be great if it was. I was going to assume... I, I can't assume that you're going to have like the first half be one and then the second half be the other that they would fit into because there's one point where the two of the same come and then you've got a like there's a little change in the reading order so if you haven't read it do yourself a favor if you like x-men at all and you're a comic reader if you gave up on the books because the stories weren't that great give it a try buy the trade read house and powers and i'm, I'm telling you you're going to enjoy it Oral said, just real quick, he's excited to sell X books again, yeah. and he's getting a lot of people interested. Oh, yeah. I mean, every time I come in and pick up the books, he's like, this one was great. This one was great. This one was great. Oh, he just looked at me and said, they're all good. Yeah. He's like, they're all good. Yeah. There hasn't been, honestly, there hasn't been a misstep yet in any of the books. Uh, so I'm excited to continue seeing how this whole thing continues to grow. Oh, and when Jean sassed Emma, <laughs> when they went to the Quiet Council meeting, I was like, oh, bitch. So I like those shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Want to go for drinks later? Sure, but you're paying. I always do. Oh, ooh, all right. <laughs> okay. Good girls. I like it. Uh, so, so if you are enjoying this episode or any of the other episodes that we have for you at Flame On, then why not follow us on social media? You can go to flameonshow.com. And scroll to the bottom. All of our social media links are right there. We are listener-funded entertainment. So if you have been enjoying anything that we've done here, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash flame on show and become a patron at any level. And you can help us continue to make the show that you are out there and enjoying. And I just wanted to read a little letter that we received on patreon from one of our one of our fans out there we got a letter we did i got it today and i got so excited In the post <laughs> yes <laughs> uh <laughs> rodolfo actually rodolfo not daniel not daniel uh, this is the real rodolfo uh-huh. uh rodolfo said hey boys thanks for another year of amazing podcasts may your yuletide be merry and extra gay so thank Aww. you rodolfo for writing to us we love to hear from you out there and uh, for being a patron. Uh, so be like Rodolfo, enjoy our podcast, and head over to patreon.com forward slash flame on show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. All right. We are back for the second round of topics. Fight. Ding. Oh, that's yeah. I'm sorry. I did an iTunes ding. Oh, I was I was thinking of Mortal Kombat. Oh so. no, I always do. With an, uh, yeah, I just I instead of doing like a, a a fight bell, I did the now available on iTunes. Ding. <laughs> Fries are done. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. <sighs> would Would you like an apple pie? <laughs> <laughs> would you like an apple pie with that? Ding. Fries are done. Ding. Fries are done. Ding. Fries are done. Have you seen the uh, the tweet, which, funny enough, is Ryan George, the guy at his pitch meetings, uh, where it's talking about uh, Paul McCartney's uh, having a wonderful Christmas time, where he's like, it's like some guy went into the woods and was doing a oh, pagan yeah, yeah, ritual, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then suddenly somebody <laughs> walked in. Oh, no, we're simply having a wonderful Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, the moon is high, the stars are bright. And that's enough. Somebody walks in. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Oh, there's somebody tied to a chair with symbols drawn all over their body. Uh, I saw like an episode of Sabrina and right. I mean, <laughs> all of our all of our all of our contemporary Christmas traditions have been stolen by the uh, stolen from the pagans by the Christians. Absolutely. Oh, but yes. When I saw that, I was like, I've never seen any joke centered around that song at all. And this was just like this took the cake. Somebody posted and they were like, I'm mad that I didn't think of this joke first. <laughs> uh, so anyway, let's start round two. Let's go to BJ first. Pat, I don't I don't mean to alarm you. There's a crisis coming. Oh, God. <laughs> are the skies red? Uh, not yet. Oh. How, how many crises are coming? So many. Infinite. <laughs> Infinite I, all, all I know is that the word crisis has been mentioned so many times leading up to this event, and I'm just happy that it's here so they don't have to talk about it so much in the other CW shows. I think <laughs> the second most used word after crisis is crossover. Yes. Because if they could stop referring to it as a crossover, I'd feel much better about it. Wait, the <laughs> characters actually? Yes. yes. Sarah's yes. like, I told my team they didn't have to be involved in the crossover. I'm like, <laughs> these are notes from like the, the, <laughs> the, the meetings that they had that ended up in the script. How did this happen? <laughs> and then there's McRory. Your team is here. So right? I don't know what's going on. It's, it's just, there's there's weirdness going on. It, it Honestly, the funny thing is it very much feels like the comic event. Like, 100%. Um, it's It's been interesting because I've only been keeping up with The Flash. I was like, was, was the comic event this boring? Um, it was so much worse. Oh, we, it, it was a little, it was so a little bit worse. How than, long yeah. ago has it been since you read that? Crisis on Infinite Earths. I, I, the was, moment they announced it, I reread it last year, okay. and well, there was like half of it. I was just like, I can, it, I kept yeah. falling asleep. No, was, no. Was this the first or the second Crisis? They're doing essentially a weird amalgam of the first, yeah. with other stuff. So it's not. Oh. It's it's a it's like a tonal memory. It's not at all 
close to what the actual. Oh, well, yeah. it's got, some pieces are some because pieces. I read the wiki entry. Yeah, I haven't. I've never read. Crisis. Some pieces are like one hundred percent, and right. then they deviate, well, and then another right. piece is. So that's why I'm saying it's tonal with specific things dropped in. Like the monitor, anti-monitor, pariah, a harbinger, well, harbinger, 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 and the, the way it the ended is that what that I read on the the Wikipedia entry because I was like, I don't know if they're gonna actually do that. I mean, it didn't happen the same way. Yeah, but well, it like, was still Green Arrow wasn't like involved in the way he and, is in the Supergirl's yeah. supposed to die. She's not gonna right. die. We know this. Um, yeah. So, so, but I mean, I think from what I have seen, and I'll be honest, I have not watched all of it. I watched some selections of all, it. All three episodes. <laughs> when I, when sure. I went through your YouTube suggestions. Basically. Uh, I, like I saw the Smallville segment, if you will. Oh, yeah. That, that, that was cute. It was cute. But that's the thing. I'm like, there oh. was one opinion article that was like, you have destroyed 10 years <laughs> of goodwill from the Smallville people. <laughs> they were like, how many people died to make sure that Clark was able to become Superman? And then he just gave up his power. Oh, but that's like a nod but, to uh, the Superman movies and all that, too. Yeah. So it kind of... Yeah. But dear God, that man is gorgeous. So Still I don't know. He's, he's aged He aged well. He Daddy oh, thick. my God. Yeah. Zaddy I never watched Clark. Smallville, and I don't really remember what he looked like back then. But bitch. I am on it now. Like, he could have actually been used as the older Superman instead of Brandon Ralph. That might have been interesting and kind of worked. Yeah, but I think yes. he just didn't want to. He didn't want to. Yeah, that I, 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 he just wanted, he wanted a, a little cameo. cameo yeah. Oh well, the thing. Yeah, I heard that I he said he cameos. never wanted to yeah. wear the the suit. No, because that's why it's in oh, Smoggle at the end. I guess yeah, he just ripped yeah. open the shirt and there was. A, yeah, he never wanted to. Well, then wear that's that. consistent. Then okay. yeah. Well, yeah. plus Brandon Routh is on cast. So. Well, no, no, right. It makes <laughs> like sense. we're already paying you to we're be here. So I have to ask you this. So he's shown up, right? The uh yeah. Okay. Had they made any like jokes, meta jokes about? You look a lot like they, uh, Oh my actually, god, right when they when they first bump into him. Yeah, right when they would be like, You look just like Ray Palmer. Like they they they're not even like, they're not even acting like Okay. Lee. Oh no, the yeah. best the best you mean, was when they you were mean, on the ship. You mean Superman Girl looking at him and be like, Hey, Ray, you're like, you're Ray. Kinda good. And I was like <laughs> You look like, buffer. That, they're like, like, That's your cousin from another world. And she's like, Oh, oh, oh <laughs> Okay. That that's consistent with the tone of these things too, yeah. Yeah, it and was... it also harkens back to that weird storyline where there was like some weird crush between Supergirl and Superman. Oh. Yep, from like way back in the day. Awkward. Yep. So yeah. it's it's uh like I've I've only so I've only gotten through about like two and a half episodes. I've only gotten through um I'm a little bit over half um because part the last the finale the actual part of it doesn't come back till like January. Well, we're three fifths of the way through right now yeah. in the shows. Uh, I think the last two episodes are on Legends of Tomorrow and Arrow or Legends of Tomorrow and The Flash. I, think I don't Legend, remember which. I think Legends of Tomorrow. Well, I know part three was on The Flash. Part three was The part, Flash. Yeah. Okay. So it's probably, I think four is Legends and then I guess five is Arrow. Uh, yeah. And that'll be Arrow's like, uh, like supposedly that will be that run of Arrow's ending. And they're supposedly doing another series for the Green Arrow, but it's just going to be uh, Mia, his daughter. Well, yeah, because he gave her the uh, a costume and everything. Yeah, past, past the torch. Well, this is the last season of Arrow anyway, so I guess the second half of the season will just be her? Possibly. They, uh. haven't, they haven't given any concrete, and just that they're doing something I thought they her. were going to actually kill him and, like, and then do something like that and let that death stick. And then they didn't. So the the standing rumor right now actually is that they will end up making Oliver Queen um, the Spectre. 
Okay. So that way they can actually have the character uh, reappear. Be out there without having him and there was have that, to be right there. And Got there it. was that flash forward with uh, Felicity. Um, with the monitor appearing, telling her that he's waiting to talk to her, and she goes somewhere else. Um, so that if he becomes the Spectre, then he can effectively exist somewhere else and just kind of have his life and never have to really do hero stuff. But if he does ever agree to come back and make a cameo, they can have him be the Spectre. Now, has they have they brought OG Flash back yet? Yes. Okay. Yes. So he's looking. Yes. You know, he was in the he was in this part three. Yep. Uh, where they would travel to the, uh, they get to back to that door that Nash opened up and then became Pariah. Beca- yep, became Pariah. They got in there, and that's where the treadmill is that's powering the cannon, the antimatter cannon. And there's a force field around it, and, and um, ship is running on there. And then Barry goes in there, gets him out of it. And then it's like everything is self-destructing, and then he like steals Barry's speed and knocks him out, and then makes uh, Ramon uh, open up. They he, he got his Vi powers back. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, Pariah gave him back to. Him. Oh no, Anti Monitor gave uh, him back to him. Yeah, Anti Monitor did. No, Monitor. No, Monitor. monitor. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. All the all the too many characters. Monitor gave Vi back the Vi powers because he said he hadn't played his role. So he vibed the code from Pariah. They went in there, and then he was able to... That's how they got um, the other Flash out. And then... Wait, it's not... Wait, it's the one from like the TV show yeah. one. Yeah. Jay, yes. uh, who's effectively Jay Garrick right now. Well, yes. He was, well, yeah. Jay Garrick, he's... Um, Barry's father. Barry's father. Barry's father yep. When he went to the other world where he married the woman that looks just like Nora... Is that Jay Garrick? That's that, Jay Garrick. Oh, okay. Yeah. I couldn't, I, I'm not used to him without the helm, the yeah. hat helmet. Um, but then, yeah, with his big old puffy bodysuit. And then yeah. they used a, a, fla- a clip from the show. Oh, yep. nice. They used a, a flashback clip when he was talking to his wife in the TV show. It was so cool. Um, but then he ends up going back in there so that way. Black Lightning showed up. It was a whole, it was a whole so, thing. So they haven't done the iconic uh, Flash, like uh, our Flash, disintegrating yet. Uh, they've done it in like, uh, like, f- f- uh, they have actually they, ha- they they hearkened back to it when he fought Zoom and made a, uh, uh, he made a uh, time wraith. He made like a time ghost, right? And the time ghost disintegrated like. But that. I mean, there's the idea that that well, that's what happened in the Christ on Infinite Earth. Well, event. and then there was uh, he, there was they were trying to get a look at the future, and Barry effectively sent his mind into the future. And saw himself running and disintegrating. Okay, because yeah. I mean that's the whole you know Barry's going to die from the very first season of Flash, and well, they're going to so have to resolve he, all that. What he thought because they knew that Jay was on the not Jay that Sherry, whoever or the Barry. Earth, whatever one that's <laughs> John Wesley ship as one of the Flashes on the treadmill, the TV show one. I can't keep track of these Earths and these names anymore. Um, he thought that if he got him off of the treadmill he could replace him and that would be why he vanished it wasn't that he died but this would be how he kept everybody alive and then jay not jay whichever john wesley ship's flash was at that point in time wouldn't allow that to happen so it's this whole thing and then we're left on the weird third episode cliffhanger where we've now reached the point where all the earths have disintegrated and was it pariah's last act because now harbinger came back and killed monitor 
and then Pariah sent um, the seven beacons of hope. Uh, the uh, the paragons. Paragons. Yeah. Yes, the par- I'm sorry, the, be- the beacons of hope. The paragons to the like pocket dimension, and then Brandon Routh, Superman's like, I feel funny. He's like, Mister Stark, I don't feel so good. Oh. And then Lex Luthor popped out. I was like, wait, what? I don't. Oh. I'm not enjoying. Oh, and that's played by what's his name? Uh, Matthew Broderick. No. No, no, not Matthew that's Broderick. That's not, not Matthew Broderick. It's um, um, Two and a Half Men. Oh, yeah, no, no, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of it. But, like, when I saw that Smallville clip, I'm like, oh, he's in this? He's playing Lex Luthor? He's no. been Lex for a while. Oh, has he? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, last season of Supergirl. Uh, see, I haven't, I haven't watched Supergirl at all. And honestly, I'm so far behind on Flash, too. I don't even know what happened last season. But, uh, I mean, it sounds like all the a lot of the pieces are there. John Cryer. Cryer. Yeah. John Cryer. But I mean, I just uh, I'm curious to see how this affects, like you said, Arrow going forward and Flash going forward. So I think it's going to do what it did for the comics at the time. It's going to put all of these Earths into the same Earth. Okay. Uh, all the characters will now reside in the same in spot the same universe. Supergirls Earth thirty eight or thirty four, and 38. then Black Lightnings was like Earth like twelve or thirteen or something. Because uh, they because they show they show which Earth. It and is, but when they go to every time they go to it, yeah, every all the different places have the the denotation at the bottom. Lucifer's is Earth six six six. Well, that's the that thing. was great too. Yes, we had our Lucifer appearance because uh, their idea was to bring uh, Ollie back through a Lazarus pit, and they had to find one that worked, which brought back Jonah Hex on that yep. Earth. And which was great because then um, he, it's Mia and Sarah who are left behind while Barry goes out to do like reconnaissance. And Jonah Hex shows up and he's like, This is my mind. And then they fight him and then uh, she's got the knife and she's like, Well, you're going to get this anyway. And she gives them the, she cuts his face. Oh, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's some cute little things like that for some of the characters. And then they have to go find a way into Purgatory. And because, um, Constantine doesn't have his magic. They go find Lucifer and gives him a card and to get into Purgatory. Oh yeah, that, that that that's actually in a random DC story. The like that's like the get out of hell free card or something like that. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's it's not as I think bombastic as I expected it to be because they've been so good. Uh, yeah. The Earth X one. Uh, Elseworlds, like they've been really intriguing yeah. from episode to episode, and these have felt very centralized. Like even though all these other characters are there, it's been very like, here's what's happening at Supergirl's world. Yeah, oh, now it's gone. And then with the Flash, it's like, okay, at the end of that, well, Earth One's gone. Like each time, it's been following Batwoman and everything too. On like her episode, that the like I think that was part two was in Batwoman's yes. episode. Yeah, yeah, uh, which I was kind of surprised because then like. Black Lightning didn't really, but was part of, but it didn't, but it was like a weird yeah. kind of, it was a tie-in episode. <laughs> it wasn't part of the main crossover. Um, although it was I probably one of the more interesting uh, Black Lightning episodes in a while. I actually kind of like that yeah, one. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, it's been interesting. We have to wait until, I think, January 14th, yeah. 12th or 14th. Um for parts four and five for the conclusion and i really do think that this is going to be their way to have everybody in the same universe in the same planet 
whether or not they rebuild the multiverse or do anything with that afterwards, you know, we'll see. But this will make it a little bit easier and not have to worry about, oh, well, we need to jump universes to find this. Everything will just exist in this one plane of existence. So we'll we'll see what happens. I'm excited. We'll so we'll see. Let's Crisis on Infinite Earths, the CW Arrowverse mega crossover event. All right. Um, Brian, what's your next one? So um, a few weeks ago, we found out that uh, the godfather of queer comics, queer underground comics, Howard Cruz, passed away. And he is, uh, if you've ever heard of like Wendell from the old advocates back in the day. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's him. Uh, one of the first queer comic uh, cartoonists that I had ever heard of. Uh, mainly from his work with the Stuck Rubber Baby uh, comic he did based on, like, queer life in the South in the 60s. Um, so, like, you know, it was sad, and we posted a few things. Uh, uh, Andy Mangles, a uh, friend of the show, he put up a, a really nice touching tribute to uh, to him and had done a lot of work with him and was trying to, st- like, still do work with him uh, when he passed. So... We uh, before that, like, you know, a while back, we actually got uh, invited by uh, Zan Christensen of Northwest Press to review uh, the I'm going to try to get the title right. Theater of Terror, uh, a queer and a queer horror anthology uh, produced by Northwest, uh, edited mainly by uh, Justin Hall, Uh, conceived and curated by Justin Hall, uh, but with a lot of work by uh, William Tyler who is somebody I met briefly in San Diego, totally didn't realize who he was and uh, have quickly, I've become a big fan of his work and uh, he was also one of the uh, editors for this. Um, And And also along with the fabulous uh, Joshua Guarnell, I think is how you say his name, better known to the world as Peaches Christ. So she's the uh, Elvira of this anthology, if you will. Uh, So there's a great framing story that involves her and the future and kind of exposing kids that are in the future and they just have numbers and they don't know about queer culture or that fashion isn't meant to be that literal. (laughs) They uh, they're wandering around. They find this uh, this old theater in the in the Castro Castro theater is a hundred years in the future. Everything is in rubble except the Castro theater. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) All the drugs and uh, everything preserved it. Of course. Um, So they have a lot of great contributors. We're not going to go through all of them, but it's a great book. It it was Kickstarter based, but I believe if you go to Northwest Press's uh, website, you can find it there. And it's probably available in Comixology and all the normal platforms you'd find comics. But uh, Justin Hall did several stories in that, which they were like kind of futuristic. A lot of them seemed to be a little more. uh, So it's a horror anthology. So they did a, a lot of different horror archetypes. Uh, but yeah, Justin seemed to be mostly sort of futuristic. These are supposed to be the things that, uh, the horror things that keep them awake at night. These illustrators, and they're allowed to bring it to life in a very queer and anthology way. Cena <laughs> Grace, uh, other friend of the show, Cena Grace, of course, uh, had a lovely little uh, written and drawn uh, story that he did. Kind of, uh, I guess, based around like, what was the, the lizard people kind of like? Something happened, and then they started turning people into lizard people. That 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 whole that whole idea, you know. Anyway, it's a, it's an it's an archetype, and uh, it, it revolves around uh, influencers, and you know, like like you know, influencers being sent skincare products, and and, and it's kind of kind of cute little payoff. So that was cool. And having to pay for your 
your pets' oh. vet bills, which because know, they're in the thousands of dollars, drawn yep. from very real life experiences, I, th- I believe. Uh, they also, in in the midst of these, did little one panel, uh, kind of like horror movie posters. And so our friends, uh, again, I did see those. Friend of the show, Steve McIsaac, had a great one that had like these Cthulhu creatures shaving a her suit bearish man's chest, which is pretty pretty great. <laughs> um, Dollar Shave Club, no. not what he expected. Um, Howard Cruz, uh, again, as we mentioned, uh, got to contribute one panel, uh, kind of about the uh, you know you have a trick and then you you invite him to live with you and you find out he's. Not at all the person you thought he was. And it, or the trick that just doesn't want to leave. Oh, that's what it was. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they come home with you and you're like, yeah, I'm ready to call you an Uber. They're like, I'm just going to put my shirts up in here. No, ma'am. I love the little little bubble. It's like, he looked better in the bar light. <laughs> and it's like, well, because he, like he's actually, the the trick is actually drawn as like a demon or like a like a monster type of thing. It's like, I can see how that would. Alcohol and bar lighting. Mm-hmm, I get it. Uh, Ed Luce contributed one of those too. It was really cute, very much in his style. One that I was actually, it lovable. It, oh god, yes. Wah, it, was, it was very lovable <laughs> and a little oafy. So one that I had not heard familiar with Tina Horn did this really weird uh, piece about like they're finding like like orifices on surfaces and the way that you sort of like unlock the you, you sort of finger the orifice. <laughs> yeah, it was sounds like, like sounds like opening a door in Silent Hill. Oh, oh is that right? <laughs> Gonna just gonna put my arm in this wet thing. Uh, yeah, pull it, the key out. It's it's drawn very well too, and I, I'm kind of interested. She has her own podcast called "Why Are People Into That?" And it, BJ, as soon as I read that, I thought of you. <laughs> uh, so uh, you should definitely check that out. Um, let's see who else we got in this. The, one of my favorite yes, artists. Subscribe right now. Yeah, like, seriously, I'm gonna get right on my Stitcher. Uh, oh, Mario Tamaki, who I got to interview on a panel at San Diego a few years ago. She has a great piece in there about. Uh, mer people let's just say uh but one of my favorite like uh i'd never heard of this person diego gomez uh did this piece and i don't even want to try to sum up sum it up because it's really like out there trippy psychedelic but the uh, written and, and and drawn and it is one of the most arresting art styles i've seen in any comics much less you know queer or indie comics in a long time it's got very uh like i said sort of the you know psychedelic influence uh, maybe uh, I don't even know if some good references here, but uh, uh, definitely check their stuff out because I I just again I never had heard of them and they uh, they look like it's crazy it, they're just so cool like I I, uh, I want to I'll post some pictures on the on the Facebook it delved into a little bit of like uh, RuPaul culture and uh, had some drag queens based on like contemporary or uh, historical figures so that was really cool um, trying to think if there was any other what, what, Pat do you remember any of your favorites. Uh? Terry Blass had one that was pretty uh, good. If you like Terry's kind of slice of life, uh, gay comics, uh, you know, it's very consistent with his his other stuff. Um, I know Eric and Eric. I threw this at at, at everyone. BJ never uh, uh, got the memo. I'm bad at checking my email. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta text me directly. It's I was like right. posted in the group. Yep, <laughs> I didn't uh, see it. Uh, but Eric and Pat, uh, you know, kind of like got uh, thrown into the deep end it's a very big anthology i was it impressed. is and unfortunately with like i've been working every day up until this weekend and i didn't get to di- uh, really dig into it until today so most of the stuff that i read is what you've uh what you've spoken to already and i love peaches and she is big in the horror scene in um in san francisco they built like a almost 
I don't want to call it like a haunted house and I don't want to call it an escape room. Like it was like an immersion experience uh, this past October. And that was a huge thing. In all, in all honesty, I tried to bring peaches here for bear bus this year because when we saw her and jinx last summer, uh, Oh God, what was the show? Was it the inevitables? Uh, 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 was it Return to Grey Gardens? Oh yeah, she did Return to Grey Gardens with her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh okay. So I yeah, mean, so that, that was that was one of the years that we went there. Yeah. So yeah. It, Peaches was in it. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. So after the show, I talked to Peaches about um, about possibly coming to Bear Bus. She's like, oh, I don't think my my Halloween show isn't getting picked up next year. So yeah, that could work out. But and then as soon as I messaged her in like February, she was like, my sh- I I just got picked up for this this thing in October, and I'm not gonna be able to do. It. I was like, oh well, okay. But, you know, so hopefully we'll get her down back down here. She's super, super awesome. Uh, really cool to talk to and does some great shows. They just did uh, Femlins with Ms. Cracker and Detox and Fifi O'Hara as the girl gremlin. And she posted a picture with of, of her and Fifi oh, Jesus. in character. Fucking sick. It's amazing. Um, Fifi's cosplays are ridiculous. Oh my god! It's oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I'll see if I can uh, share that on our on our page and our Instagram. But uh, overall, it's it's cool. I did like the framing device, uh, and I I'm gonna go back in and dig into a couple more of the stories because some of them seemed cool and interesting. Some maybe not as much. There was that one where it was the woman and like the. The leopard, she had a set, of, she had a, like lay outside, and the leopard came and like kept biting her every night. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that just was weird. Yeah, some of them are a little out there. I mean, uh, that's that's what I do to you guys when y'all are oh, sleeping. That's so. true. Oh, but it was like meant to heal her. So at the end of the three days, oh, it, was, oh. it was it was um, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> it was like a, a male to female transformation. I missed the beginning part of yeah. that story. I, as I was scrolling through, it was taking a minute for some pages to load. So I was like, why is this Why is this panther biting this lady out? In the, yeah. <laughs> in the woods? She's like, I had to be out here for three days. Okay, that makes so much more. But then I'm like, this is supposed to be a horror thing. I'm like, that was... Well, I, I mean, it's kind of horrific to I, see the panther basically eating all the masculine characteristics uh, off of... So. I know, but it felt like it, it felt like spiritual and uplifting. By the end of it, I was like, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about this in a terror anthology. Huh? Yeah, but, hey. but so there's there's definitely some interesting stories that uh, that would be kind of fun to go back in and um, read when I have a little more time. The other one I want to mention this I like their art style a lot. Joe Chato or Chateau, I can't. I mean, I say their their work right. I had never heard of them. They're a trans non-binary artist based in Oakland, California. Um, very cool. Um, I don't want to say Scott Pilgrim, but like that's the first thing that came to came to my mind. Story, kind of like a uh, you know, uh, chibi cartoony, but in a in a really cool palette. So I don't know. I it's really great that Zan and Northwest is doing all this stuff. I mean, they've they've over the last however long I've been following queer comics, they're they're the constant source of amazing uh, content. And I think a lot of people just don't know about their work and. Uh, it's certainly something that I think we should do more to let people know about, uh, because you know some of it's sexy. There was that one about the uh, Roman uh, or Greek island, and they were like 
uh, you know, he 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 meets this guy, takes him to this island. They're having this beautiful paradise. And he's like, oh, you're going to get a spa. You're going to get a massage. You're going to get whatever. And by the end, you find out it's actually preparing him for a, a cannibalistic, right? Yeah, the masseur is uh, telling him about the, the story of Kronos and, and Zeus and uh, how they... The people of the island, um, when they would come, somebody always had to get sacrificed. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, we said we have the finest food. And you see him like all like bound and, and uh, dressed like a, a dinner. So, I mean, like, it's nice that it's a little sexy, but it's also got like, you know, it's actual artistic content that's not just, uh, you know, sex. Because like there's other comic uh, publishers that for queer comics that are it's fairly just you know straight up sex uh you know uh, i won't i don't want to say porn but i guess porn's not a bad word for it um whereas this uh, northwest usually does a good job of trying to tell a lot of different queer stories so uh, if you're interested go to northwest press uh it's called oh god terror theater of terror thank you theater of terror and uh you know let them know uh, you like it let a uh, hook up uh, check out some of the other artists that are in it look up their work because i'm sure that they have other great stuff that they uh they want to share with the world, and then uh, let us know what you guys think when you do have a chance to, to read it, Who, which, which story was your favorite. And again, kind of tying back, Howard Cruz, if you want to know more about his comics, Andy Mangles, like I said, did a great recap. Uh, his website, howardcruz.com, I believe is still up. It's Cruz without an I, so it's like just, but is, is Tom Cruise spelled that way? Tom? No? Okay. So Howard Cruz, but no I. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm sure if it's not out now, some of his works like stuck rubber baby, which is currently not in a uh, publication that I found, uh, will be republished because it's just so important to, uh, to uh, comic books and then specifically queer comics. So, uh, yeah, check it out. So that's theater of terror from Northwest press. Hi, Zan. We love you. Uh, all right, Eric, what is your second topic? So it's even more current than Frozen 2. Oh my god. Oh. oh my god. It's another movie and it's Knives Out. Yay. Ooh, it's so good. I was so sad. I wanted to I wanted to see this before this episode because I knew you were going to talk about it and I did not get a chance. So you're not going to get super spoiler. You're not going to tell us who the killer is. No, it's. It, I mean, there's so many that. twists and turns too. Like, no, no. Well, that's why I said not super turns. spoilery because yeah. I'm yeah. sure that in discussing stuff's going to be said, but you know, we're not going to give away the ending. Yes. Yeah. So this because otherwise a... my knives going to come out and I'm going to shank you. <laughs> so this is a huge ensemble murder mystery. Ensemble. 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 Um, in kind of the great tradition of the old Agatha Christie novels and other such murder mysteries. Um. It's got Jamie Lee Curtis. It's got Tony Collette. It's got Don Johnson. It's got um, Chris Evans. Chris Evans and his sweater. Mm. It. I've heard about the sweater. <laughs> I've heard about the sweater. Uh, it's got Daniel Craig. It's got uh, Michael Shannon. It's got um, um, Anna de Ar- Armas. Yeah, she plays the uh, nurse, right? Yep. Yep. Um, it's got. The girl from that Netflix show, 13 Reasons Why. Okay. Yep. Yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, so the one that played Le- Hannah? Yeah. Okay. Le- yep, yep. Lakeith Stanfield from um, Get Out. Oh, shit. It's got, yes. It's, like, it's ridiculous how yeah. many people All right. They, they can go to IMDb for the rest. That's fine. Yep. That's a lot of people. Yep. <laughs> um, but it yes. sounds like a great cast already. Yeah. Tony Collette is doing all the work. 
<laughs> oh my god, I, I love Tony Collette. And Christopher Plummer plays the patriarch of the family, who ends up being the murder victim. Dun 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 dun. It's a very classic whodunit. Yes, like um, it's classic but modern. It's got it's got a very good modern take on it. Yes, but like it's it's like if you've literally read an Agatha Christie novel, like. It's got that. It's got that classic feel. Yeah, and Daniel Craig comes in, and he is playing the private investigator who's working with the police to mm-hmm. kind of figure out exactly what's going on, um, because the police just want to rule it a suicide, but we know that there's more going on under the surface, um, and Daniel Craig is putting on. The best but most ridiculous Southern accent <laughs> ever. Um, and Chris Evans is there being my wet dream. Yes. Is he, is he the... I can't remember if he was the youngest or the like oldest brother. No, he's the grandkid because he's Jamie Lee Curtis and Don Johnson's son. That's right. So he's, he's, the, grand, he's the grandson. And yeah, the family is just the... what. It's like the classic idea of what like pompous privilege like people that have never had to work a day in their entire life exactly because they've all been basically living off of harlan's fortune from writing murder mysteries okay and so now they're living a murder mystery basically well life imitates art and like everybody's like standard of living is in jeopardy because if they don't like who's gonna get the money so it's yeah. And and everybody has a reason why they could be the one. And it's kind of an interesting format for it because about a third of the way through. Yeah, a third of the way through. They kind of tell you exactly what happened on that night. Oh. And you see it. But then what happened? Did it really happen that way? <laughs> it's because what it's, you see. Isn't, isn't always, always what the tr- you get. Isn't always the truth. <laughs> you I get got the same parts as you, baby boy. Same parts. The, the same, same parts. parts. <laughs> um, but you. But it's it's very, like yeah. They that's that's where it kind of deviates from the classic thing where you you get like thoroughly in the movie you get what happened, but as per usual, there's like way more to the story than what you initially see. Gotcha. And how things play out. Yeah, and I've heard that there's um, a lot of like clue references, like um, not meta, but just like very yeah. much a a comparison to Clue, and and um, also that the character, the the patriarch who's murdered, is ba- is named after the person who was murdered in a Choose Your Own Adventure murder mystery. Yep. So it's kind of like it's taking from all these pieces from you know mm-hmm. older pop culture yep i mean there's no flames flames on the side <laughs> of my face <laughs> but you know they do a really good job also of like kind of kind of the movie does a really good job of kind of swaying you into trusting certain characters but then like y- you b- it, it, like you bounce around because once you get immersed into it enough you're like oh well it's obviously that person and then you're like oh no well, it's obviously this person, and then you're just kind of sitting there, like, okay, I just I need to finish this goddamn movie to see who it is. 
So it's 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 really good. I was very impressed. Yeah. Especially for Chris Evans like first post Marvel project. Exactly. It's so weird to see Captain America come over and do this role. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just as this uh stuck up little spoiled grandkid who his family is on he's on the outs with the family and just likes to tell them off repeatedly. Instead of punching Nazis. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, you could say language <laughs> basically every time he's on screen. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so knives out. How many flames would you give it, Eric? How many flaming knives would you give it? <laughs> Hot pokers. Uh I'd say four and a half. Oh I, I would I would I would honestly say the only complaint I have with the movie is Jamie Lee Curtis doesn't have enough to do. Okay. Very she, valid. She, Not enough she, Jamie Lee Curtis she's is always mag- a good excuse. She's magnificent every time she's on screen, but there's just not enough of her. The rest of the time she was off on the side eating her Activia? Yes. Activia. <laughs> and then in the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> BJ, how many? How many uh, I would I would say the exact same thing. 4.5. It would have been a 5 out of 5 if I had just gotten a little bit more Jamie Lee Curtis. All right. I'm excited been... to see this movie. I haven't been excited to see, like, many movies lately but uh i mean you know like after endgame i was like oh god it's it's, it's an homage it's like it's so good it's also interesting because we we talk about so much fantasy and sci-fi stuff on this program and this is not that yeah it's more grounded yeah 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 i like it okay so and i've heard nothing but good things about this movie so i i'm very excited to go out and uh and catch it maybe on a tuesday like matt and i (laughs) That's like the only time I have. <laughs> oh no, I have to go watch the Golden Gals do their rehearsal before tech. I can't do Tuesday. God damn. <laughs> damn my schedule. Uh so that is Knives Out, now currently playing in a theater near you. Okay, so I am going to uh talk about the second season of a show that we all know and love that dropped recently on Netflix. And just in time for the holidays, Nailed It Holiday came back. Oh, I was actually, funny enough, I was just thinking about that the other day. And I was like, I need to ask them on the podcast when that's coming back out. Yeah, no, it's been out for, I want to say, maybe two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Um, It also, uh, also as a shout out, I've been enjoying the holiday editions of some of these baking shows. Sugar Sugar Rush Rush has a baking uh, season as well. Yeah. which had Tiffany Thiessen as a guest judge, and I was yeah. in love. I love me some Tiffany Thiessen. Uh, but nailed it. Holiday is back. Um, the cakes and confections and things that they have them make are just increasing in difficulty and intensity. The, uh, there is a two-faced uh, Scrooge cake that they have to make mm-hmm. that spins so it's the like mean disgruntled Scrooge, and then it spins around to the I've been visited and reformed, like happy Scrooge. And these people do not disappoint. Because, I mean, they're only given like an hour and 45 minutes to make that. And some of the shit that comes out, one, one face on one of the guys was really nicely done. And then he got like the <laughs> snowball fight challenge or the question. No, they had to answer yeah. questions. There's yeah. trivia. And, um,. It, that just that screwed him up. I mean, those three minutes apparently ruined the rest of his cake. I don't know what happened, but uh, it was very interesting. Uh, we had our first celebrity contestant. Yes, because um, on the Hanukkah episode, 
Paul Shear, uh, who's a comedian and writer and actor. Um, I and guess, part of the Good Place Council. Yeah. I guess they invited him to be a judge, and he was like, no, if I'm going to go on the show, I want to be a baker. <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, spoiler alert, he won. And then split the money between the other two contestants. So he gave him Aww. five grand a piece, which was really kind of cool. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> because you also don't want him to feel like it's rigged. So, <laughs> but I mean, I would do the same thing if I were a celebrity and had money to to not worry about taking that ten thousand for myself. Yeah. Because if just me went on that show, I'd be like, please no money. <laughs> I need that right now. <laughs> uh, but um, Matsukas came back for the first episode. Uh-huh. Uh, so it was Maximum Derek. <laughs> on the episode, it was very Derek. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> so he, so he made a Derek with some Derek, and he Derek it. <laughs> uh, we had uh, was Doogie House's little husband, David Burka. Yeah, oh, was a judge. Yeah. I just every time I see David Burka, I just immediately flash back to Darian Lake on season six of uh, of Drag Race, where she was pissed because they uh, they didn't give her compliments. It's just like that that doogie ha- that little doogie houses husband. <laughs> this, this, I know he's done stuff and been in stuff, but the only time I ever see him as like is as like a reality show judge. Um, How I Met Your Mother. He was Lily's high school boyfriend. He was Scooter, but yeah, he does do a lot, and he's actually a uh, he has a book like a <laughs> uh, cocktailing like party yeah. book, which I guess qualifies him for a show like nailed it although because like whenever they introduce him i'm like you can say what you want but all he is is just neil patrick harris's husband i mean that, really that's, yeah that's really all you need to put on his iron <laughs> oh my god could you imagine if that's what actually had popped up <laughs> neil patrick harris's husband got it um oh but i forgot okay so jason Matsukis was the first episode but then the second episode we kept a good place theme going maya rudolph is the judge and is a fucking joy on that episode like it it just yeah they it could potentially get mundane and kind of boring but they the guest judges always find a way to really kind of liven it up the contestants have been like this this series uh had good contestants again the old bob uh, on the uh the, the my rudolph episode Really, that's Bob. <laughs> the man's drinking wine, and like he did like the first two steps, and like the next step was to make buttercream. He's like, first some wine. So on the on the, the on the screen, it's like crosses out make buttercream. It's like drink wine. <laughs> so it's uh it's ridiculous. It's fun. Um, and so is Sugar Rush. If you haven't checked out Sugar Rush, I enjoy it quite quite a lot. Although it I'm- always makes me feel weird when they two teams buzzing at the same time yeah and i'm like that team's losing time right here like mm-hmm. can y'all hurry it up and then he's like we'll get there when we get there I'm like hunter marsh you but don't talk to people like that the thing about sugar rush for me is it needs to have good contestants for me to want to watch that episode like the judges or super homosexual ones yes like the judge <laughs> the, the, the judges charisma can't carry me through an episode of that the way that nicole Byer. And guest judges can carry me through. Nailed it. Even if are there's... the episodes longer? I think the Sugar Rush episodes are longer too. I think so. They are. I think they're like a, the the like forty to forty five minute episodes where 23, 25 minutes for uh for nailed it. 
the rounds are shorter. It's and per, there's a, yeah, nailed. It's a, lo- yeah. a lot le- easier, I guess, to digest. Yes, and it's also poking fun at what they can't do. Yes, where Sugar Rush, the intent is to make really good cupcakes, confections, and cake. All and they those, make some amazing looking cakes. They do. This. Although this time around, there was a, this was the first time around that I saw like some of these cakes that were not holding yes. up. The yeah. ugly sweater one that was like, yeah, yeah. And like, but it's supposed to be an ugly sweater. Yeah, yeah. As it was like combusting upon itself. Um, but yeah, when there when there are good contestants or really sassy gay ones, um, it definitely can be much better than the other episodes. The other ones are, are kind of napped during, but you know, a little bit mixture of both. Uh, so that is Nailed It Holiday on Netflix uh, with a, a little dash of Sugar Rush Holiday on Netflix. If you're enjoying this episode or any of the other content that we have for you on the Nerdy Show Network, then why not follow us on social media? Head over to flameonshow.com, scroll to the bottom, click on any of our social media <laughs> icons and follow us there. We'd appreciate your support. And we are listener-funded entertainment, so why not? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash flame on show and become a patron. That could be your 2020 resolution to go and support a podcast that you enjoy. It could be us. It could be Race Chaser. It could be that one that BJ subscribed to. Why'd you have to make it weird? Oh, no. Uh, why, why are you into that? <laughs> oh, that's it. <laughs> that's just what I think when I, when I think of you. <laughs> Why'd you have to make it weird? Uh, but we would love your support because without you guys, we would not be able to uh, continue doing this at, at the level and uh, at our palatial studios that we are currently recording at. All right. It is time for the one ups. Or the things. The ones ups? The things that are making us happy? <laughs> or, or no? We no. Can't, can't no. Use that. Oops. Sorry, sorry, Glenn. No. Oh. Oh, Glenn Weldon. Uh, oh, yeah. He actually put up a picture of himself on Twitter, and I was like, come on, Daddy Glenn. Yeah, you don't have to go over to Instagram anymore. Oh, was he on Instagram? Yeah. That's, oh. where, that's, where, that's where all his gym photos are. Oh. Yeah. Perverts. Oh, girl. Perverts. <laughs> oh. Perverts. Yeah, I'm, cha- I'm now changing my new, my new one up. My new one up is finding out that Glenn Weldon has an Instagram account. Perverts. <laughs> Oh, the Christians right. did not steal this pagan holiday <laughs> for you to lust after men. I'm pretty sure they did. Uh, probably. Okay. <laughs> so these are the things that uh, are giving us life in the month of December 2019. Let us start with BJ. I've been uh, subscribed to this DC Universe thing. Um, and Have they offered your money back yet? Uh, so funny story, a <laughs> uh, funny little happenstance that renewed. And if you were one of the few people who pre-ordered it for like 70 bucks for the whole year, you got a renewal at 52, oh. uh, in your email. So DC you... 52, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was like, it was like 52 bucks or something like that to renew. So they took $20 off the price. Um, it's been interesting because like season two of Titans has been up and down. It's, it was, it was a, sl- it was a soft reboot of the series. I see more down reviews. Though. Eh, it was it, it was weird. <laughs> um, and then you've got Swamp Thing, which was good, but then it was got, it was canceled early on. Young Justice was good, and they are getting in a fourth season. Uh, and now we've got Harley Quinn, 
And I didn't know what to think going into this series because you've got Alan Tudyk playing the Joker and Alan Tudyk playing Clayface. Um, Clayface? Clayface. Uh, Clayface. And then you've got Kelly Cuoco. Cuoco? 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 Haley Cuoco? Kelly, Haley Cuoco um, playing uh, Harley Quinn. <laughs> BJ's not allowed to say names anymore. Cuoco. <laughs> because um, Haley Cuoco is somebody different than She's Kaylee lesbian Cuoco. Jesus. <laughs> Haley Kuoko is an actress. <laughs> <laughs> so they um so you've it was an interesting choice having this series come out now when it feels like they've been done with it for a while because you've got Birds of Prey come Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn coming out, which is Harley Quinn's breakup movie. Which is a horrible title and way too many words. Exactly. Just call it Birds of Prey. <laughs> but then you have the Harley Quinn uh, animated series, which is a Harley Quinn Joker breakup story, but done so fucking well and absolutely hilarious that when this movie comes out and it's not as good, people gonna be mad. Well, so actually, the rumor was they wanted to get um, the current actress that's playing Harley Margot Quinn, Robbie. Mar- they wanted to get Margot Robbie to voice Harley Quinn in the animated series, but she couldn't. So they they got uh, they got. Is it Kelly? I'm already I'm already messing up her name again. Haley. Haley. They got Haley to do it. Um, and she is like she should have been doing doing it her whole life because it is she she just brings a bite to the character that is absolutely wonderful. Um the the uh, the violence, because this is a DC animated series from the point of the view of a villain. So the hyper violence, you've got people's faces melting off. She busts out a guy's knee and he's and she's like, are you going to shut the fuck up while, while I'm still talking? And he's like, I'm in a lot of pain. We'll just let the shock go in. It'll, it'll go in in a minute. And he passes out. And but it's so visceral that you don't really expect it to be as lighthearted and as funny as it is. Um, I know um, uh, Wanda Sykes is going to be voicing a DC villain. I think it's Enchantress. They haven't gotten to her yet, but they've got this. They've got a killer roster of uh, voice actors, and Alan Tudyk, so far as the Joker, has been Get absolutely it? perfect. They're villains. It's a killer roster. Ah! Um, <laughs> you know, and just like, and they don't, they don't skimp on like the abusive side of the Joker, where the fact that they're just like, name somebody funnier than me, Harley. Women aren't funny. Um, and just like. It's just the little nods, and they actually give a story reason why she changes her outfit and everything. It's there's just little details in it. Um, uh, it I, and the animation style makes me think of Venture Brothers and the writing. So it's 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 honestly re- I have I think episode three dropped this past Friday. Episode four should drop when this episode comes out. But if you have the DC Universe app, definitely um, clip over to it. It is I my roommate can't stand the character Harley Quinn and now he's like, Are we gonna watch another episode yet? So it's really, really, really good. All right. So that's Harley Quinn on the DC Universe app. Eric, what is your one up? So at the beginning of the year we all made our pop culture resolutions and mine was to play more video games outside of the MMO genre. Spoilers for next month's episode, but Yes, that was. Your oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I played a game. Yay! Yay! Um, a modern game too. Uh, <laughs> it w- <laughs> this game came out in 1987. <laughs> um, 
It came out in 2017. Uh, it's an indie game called What Remains of Edith Finch. Anybody? Crickets? Um, what? What Remains <laughs> of Edith Finch. No, I've never heard of that one. Um, it is almost like um, an animated novel or storybook type game. I was going to say, it feels very like Murder Mystery, yeah. <laughs> just from the title. So you are Edith Finch, who is the last living member of your family. And she's going back to the old family house to go through all the stories of why she is the last remaining living member because there's supposedly a curse on the family and everyone kind of dies in interesting ways. And you basically are playing through all of their deaths. Do you do you only have an hour and you have to solve puzzles? Is it an escape room? Because I'm pretty sure I played that one escape <laughs> at Escapeology. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, some of them are more morbid than others. Some of them are kind of like a wackity schmackity do. <laughs> but <laughs> um, can you do that again? A wackity schmackity do. <laughs> Brilliant. Edit what time is that? <laughs> so you can find it. Don't worry. I've got to edit the whole episode. I'll pull it out. That could be the that could that could be on a t shirt. <laughs> Awkward pancakes and butt stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just a gorgeous art style to the house. Um and the stories are interesting and there's not a lot of I would say interesting play style because you're not actually doing much movement and that kind of stuff. So it's not like a mist or a, one of those kind of games, right? N- no, you're not, not really, really exploring spaces and you're just finding clues and reading. And, yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you're, you are exploring, but I use that very loosely because there's not a lot of wrong ways to go. I got gotcha. you. Um, but it's really good and pretty and kind of a depressing story, but it sticks with you for a while. And the title one more time. What Remains of Edith Finch. Okay. In my head, all I heard was What Remains of Agatha Harkness. <laughs> uh, it was released in 2017 on the PS4 and Xbox, but it was released just this last year on the Switch. Oh, nice. Okay. Brian, what is your one-up? So, uh... Because I'm a Google fanboy and I can't seem to stop myself, uh, <clears throat> I bought the Google Stadia system, which by system I really mean Chromecast and uh, joystick or gamepad. And uh, we were talking about earlier, I was uh, showing showing Eric. Is that showing you? You're showing me. Oh, showing BJ. The, yeah. uh, sorry, my, my memory is, my brain is clogged You don't remember two hours ago. <laughs> mucus is draining away my life force. Uh so uh, this is the one of the first, not I think the first, but one of the first of the sort of uh, server-based gaming systems where you're streaming. I thought there was one other that never got up off the ground. They're, they're, they've tried this before, and yeah. I, I'm hesitant to say that this is going to be like the most successful or, or even... Uh, I, I'm really not sure yet. It's very early days. And the bar is set pretty low. Well, and the bar is set pretty low. But well, and if there's a choice between this and another version, and he goes with this one, 
go for the other one. That's very true. So the track record is not good. Historically, um, I can't say I was a Betamax fan, but I probably would have been <laughs> if I had a choice. Uh, did you, H- did, HD DVD. Yeah, I was going to say, did you invest <laughs> in mean, HD DVD? 100%. Laserdiscs. <laughs> no, I never did Laserdiscs uh. for some reason, but there was like another thing called DivX before it was a codec. Oh. The, remember the DivX I DVDs? Do. You could rent them and they would self-destruct sort of. Sort. Anyway, oh, my God. All of these things. So, yes, it's very likely Stadia is one of these, but... Um, the thing was like, okay, so it's Google. So yeah, of course. Um, but they, it comes with a Chromecast ultra, which is like the, the 4k Chromecast. Super fancy. Which let me just say is sad that you, it has a power supply that has to be plugged in. It's unlike the other ones where you could plug it into the U S um, the USB on the back of the television and it'll power it. Oh yeah. This has a dedicated. Yeah. yeah, Cause when when I got my new TV, I bought one. And hadn't busted it out until Drag Race uh, UK started, and I was trying to watch it in my room, and I was like, "God damn it!" And you have to find a plug for it and whatnot. It does also have, and this is, I think, one of the problems people are saying is that it, it can work with Wi-Fi. And in fact, I have it set up right now on our Wi-Fi, and it, it actually seems to be mostly okay. Is that I have why our Wi-Fi is all screwy. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't know what that is. <laughs> but I'm uh, blame the stadium. It happened before, but so it gives you the option of plugging it directly and wired. And I know some people who don't have as good a Wi-Fi, sort of. Uh, that seems to be something that helps them. Um, but again, I've been playing it on the Wi-Fi, and it's been, it's been pretty good. So the idea is, you don't have a console; you just have uh, a stream basically like you're streaming a movie from a server somewhere out in the cloud and you have a controller it comes with a little joypad uh, whatever and you just interact it sends the joystick stuff out comes back with video it's, it's fairly seamless and it comes uh when you buy the uh the kit it comes with two games samurai showdown which is like a fighting game yeah it's a it's a remake of a really old fighting game on i think the neo geo maybe uh it was an SN, it was one of the snk, SNK so I, I have to check to see if it's the one i'm thinking of but destiny 2 is uh, the destiny series is one i was always interested in i heard it was pretty good uh, never got into it, but I uh, started playing it on this. And uh, That's so far, the version of the group where after they kicked out Latoya and Latavia and got Michelle and <laughs> Kelly, um, Kelly Rowland. Oh, Kelly was always there. Was she always there? Yes. Yeah. They kicked out Latoya and Latavia, and then they brought in Michelle, and they brought in um, that other girl who was who, there for a hot minute. She was in two of the music videos, and then she got mouthy, and then they kicked her out. And then Destiny Three. Is the the one that plays around now with Beyonce, Kelly, and Michelle? <laughs> oh, not that Destiny, my bad. I, I, I mean, it, you know, it wouldn't shock me if there was co- a crossover. I know way there. too much about Destiny Child. Um, so those come free, and then I actually spent money on this thing. I bought a Wolfenstein Youngblood only because I love the Wolfenstein series and I've played a few of them, but I don't even know what this is about other than you're killing Nazis. So hey, cool. So what is different? from this versus steam steam actually downloads the game and you run it on your computer or whatever device you have this is not running on anything local it is running on a server in a far a server farm somewhere far away out in the ether so you don't have to spend hundreds of dollars on a console or a pc to run a game you can and it actually has what's kind of cool i haven't tried it with pixel cell phones you can play it on the phone and you can play it on your TV, any TV that has a Chromecast plugged into it. So if you really are, and like myself, honestly, someone who travels a lot, this lets you just pick up your game, which is all saved in the cloud, take your joystick and your Chromecast, which I'll tell you, having been to many hotels is a pain in the ass to deal with. 
Chromecasts don't work always very well with those systems or those uh, TVs at hotels because of the Wi-Fi. But if you figure that out, you can do it. Or if you have like a Chromebook or something that just has like a browser, there's probably a way to make that work too. But again, uh, so yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, I'm, like I said, just early days. Uh, play Wolfstein today. It was pretty fun. Looked nice. I mean, it looks like this is the other thing is you don't have to keep your systems upgraded. That'll happen in the background as long as you're paying for the service. If they get some fancy new graphics, they get new the, the servers. I'm assuming they'll have an update plan and you'll just start to see prettier visuals. And it's 4K if your internet supports it. So, you know, it's already pretty nice. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. Check it out. If you're a gamer, you want to try something, you got a lot of disposable income, or you just like like all the Google things. Um, and, uh, yeah, let us know if you are having a good or a bad experience because I'm uh, definitely interested in other people's uh, perspective on this. All right. So, that's Stadia from Google. I have a somewhat multi-part <laughs> one of. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Shocker. What a twist. No. Uh, first off, can we just talk about how adorable Baby Yoda is? I mean, the, the last time we talked about The Mandalorian, uh, oh, Disney so, Plus had just launched. So we had cute. an episode. We're now four in? Yeah, I think we're about four in. Yeah, I, I haven't seen this week. Episodes? Uh, this, yeah. No, yeah, six. No, it's six. Yeah, six just debuted this week. Four was the one set on oh, the oh, farm okay. world. Gotcha, oh, gotcha. Anyway, yeah. uh, where Pillboy is uh, one of the the, the, the guys there. Seeing some people in the show throws me so far out of it. That's Pillboy. Pillboy is yes. Yeah, that's Pillboy. The one at the beginning when like he ducks in, he's one of the two that like goes to Mando to hire oh, him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's Pillboy. That's and then um, the other one is Crush. She's the the woman in the the that's there hiding out, who is yeah. also Angel Dust. Yeah. But it instantly brought me back to American Gladiators. I'm like, that's that girl from American Gladiators there. And then Amy Sedaris was in one. And then, oh, God, Amy Sedaris. But, and then Ming-Na Wen. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I love Ming-Na Wen. She, um, yeah, she should have had more time. She, I, I would have loved for her to have carried on and been a part of the series in the future. But anywho, uh, Baby Yoda, amazing. The child, the cutest 50-year-old child I've ever seen. So adorable. Normally, when a 50-year-old is acting like a child, we just go, okay, boomer. This time, I just want to pick him up and hug him. The memes are what, the, the memes are the memes will make me. it for me. So did Disney back off on their whole we're going to shut all these down because it seems like they've been proliferating so much that <laughs> you it's can't like, shut a meme down. Well, no, of course you shouldn't try, but <laughs> no. like they were they were going after it at one point. They're not going to be able to do I, that. But yeah, it's so it's so quick and so like expansive, and it's not like video. Where right. on YouTube, if there's copyright, they can shut it down. They right. can block it. All that. I mean, these are pictures with words on them that like are being yeah. produced at like rapid pace. Um, my favorite is the one where he's just on the ground looking up, all like wide eyed, and it's like me waiting for the waiter to finish telling yeah. me the special so I can order my chicken tendies like always. Uh-huh. I've never felt so seen in a meme. Sipping on like, sipping on some chalky chalky, <laughs> oh, chalky while chalk. while my dad watches a violent movie and I'm standing <laughs> at the stairs. <laughs> It, yeah, these things are, and then there's a Funko Pop that's coming out in I think like March. It says spring uh, of 2020. I think so, but I do know that uh, companies are uh, Disney sanctioned company has already released a Baby Yoda plushie Hasbro that, plush that you can hug. Uh, there's all Hasbro plush. Uh, there's a six, a two, three two pack like Baby Yoda figures. One drinking out of his little cup. One where he's got his head back and he's eating the frog. Oh. And, 
one where he's like swaddled up and you just see like a little part of his face. I'm like, Whoa. have you seen the cat that somebody is posing as Baby Yoda? No. In like sort of ways to make it look more like, I mean, because obviously it's a cat. Yeah. But like really cute and like little just eyes and the ears the ears of the, the the major like just like who like this was engineered i said i love it i love baby yoda don't get me wrong but it's so engineered the whole thing is so like they knew what they had and they've weaponized cuteness uh, they've apparently not known what they had because that merchandising team does not have their shit on oh, the ball that's some other they're they're fired now. That, but, uh, I mean, yeah, they I wonder they how many had that stuff ready to go. Like, even if oh, you didn't yeah. want to, even if you didn't want to release it, yeah. Because the other uh, Mandalorian, the one John Favreau voiced that came in, a, the, that fought Jet Mando, one, yeah. Um, after that episode, they dropped merch. They dropped a toy for him that was in production that they managed to not have leak. And then they're like, bam, it's here. So like, huh. you could have figured out a way to... Maybe that was a bigger spoiler they just didn't want to have, which is... The, well, know. I mean, an, a, another random Mandalorian is less of a like major yeah. thing than if it's like, here's Baby Yoda. It would have probably been all over the place. So I get it. So, so it's the big rumor that... Uh, and I mean, I just can't believe this is going to happen. That somehow, something in Mandalorian is going to tie into uh, Skywalker. I don't know about tying in, but when this episode drops... Um, the next episode will have already come out because they're changing up the uh, airing schedule for this next one because Rise of Skywalker comes out. Um, I don't know right when showing in. start. Well, showing yeah. start on like Wednesday yeah. or Thursday. So they moved it up to either whatever the day before viewing start is when the next episode of Mandalorian comes out because I've, I've heard... I don't know if it's. I don't think it's anything that necessarily ties in from the episode, but they're going to have some stuff that's going to tie into the movie afterwards or at the end that is going to kind of be like a little preview for the movie. Oh, okay. so they moved okay. up the episode airing date in order to account for that and lead into the weekend, and then the next ride it'll go back to regular uh, regular. There's only like eight episodes, so we're really getting close. Yeah, to we're almost nine, the, uh, maybe nine. I don't yeah. Know. So yeah. I saw on both Twitter and Facebook today. A baking hack involving if you have an angel cookie cutter, you can just take the head off of it and decorate it, and you have a baby, baby Yoda, Yoda oh. cookie cutter. I mean, his ears oh. are really weird because yeah. the arms are up, but yeah. you know, hey, whatever works. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Baby Yoda, obviously giving me so much life. Um, Alanis Morissette announced her 25-year... Uh, Jagged Little Pill like appreciation tour, which was amazing, and I will go see Alanis whenever I can. But the supporting acts are what really sold me on this tour. She is bringing along Garbage and Liz Fair, and my late '90s, early 2000s self wept because the first time I saw Garbage and Alanis was together. Garbage opened for Alanis on her Junkie tour back in. 2000, 2000 uh, something. I whatever. think it was like t- 2003. It was like it was either 2002 or 2003. The first time I saw Garbage was at a free concert thing with them. They might be giants and Metasexual. Oh, yeah. Jo- oh, no, Joy Drop. Metasexual is their album. So it was Joy Drop, Garbage, and They Might Be Giants. Wow. Um, and then Liz Fair is amazing. And I saw her on my birthday back in 2005 and met her. And I'm just excited. So I got tickets. Uh, There's one show. It's like an hour outside of uh, Chicago in Tinley Park. And we go in. 
<laughs> like I bought tickets. I'm this close to buying Liz Fair meet and greet tickets, but I knew nobody else was going to want to buy those. And I didn't feel like sitting by myself and waving to everybody sitting up higher than I was. Um, and with that, Alanis put out a new song called uh, Reasons I Drink, which just seems like my theme song. And um, a new album was uh, announced as well. So buying the tickets gets a free download. But the big thing that is making me so, so happy this month is all about Kesha. Uh, the Kesha Cruise in 2020 booked our room. Jay and Chrissy and I are hitting the high seas. It's my birthday weekend in 2020. I'm going to be in the Bahamas on my birthday. And if it's just like the last cruise, that means that Kesha is going to do a concert the night of my birthday on a cruise ship in the ocean surrounded by just thousands of crazy, amazing people. And Detox is going back on the ship. So we're going to try to get her to get Kesha to wish me a happy birthday. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm on, I'm on try. The other part of that is that Kesha dropped a new uh, track off of High Road, which is uh, which hits all right in the feels. It's an amazing track with um, Sturgill Simpson, and it's called uh, and Brian Wilson. I'm sorry, and it's called Resentment. And here's a a little piece of that. So this is, I feel like she has played this album very strategically. Raising Hell was that big kind of like bop. My Own Dance um, really kind of hit the point of... Um, Everybody, you know, like everybody wants you to go back to doing all that that fun music, and like we get it, you uh, you had trauma, but you know, like go back to doing all this crazy stuff and talking about drinking and whatnot. And she was like, "Bitch, I can do both." And then she dropped resentment, which is that very big ballady, like heartbreak song. So it's just like a, it's look, I told you I could do this, and I'm doing it this way. And I cannot wait for January 10th when High Road just is completely out into the world. And since you said Haley Kiyoko before BJ, going to see her in, uh, in, in February, <laughs> and she put out a new song called "Runaway" from her project. I'm too sensitive for this shit. Just a little <laughs> little end note right there. When when I go to the Tabernacle uh, <laughs> Theater in Zebulon, Georgia, and I get converted to some sort of weird Scientology cult, I'm just I'm just gonna let y'all know where I was that night. So that does it for us with uh, our final episode of 2019. We are very happy that you have stuck with us. And if you're a new listener, welcome aboard. 2020 is, has some changes in store, has some fun things coming up. Um, we've enjoyed doing the Now That's What I Call Gay Life series, including our most recent episode, the one before this in the feed, called Awkward Pancake and Butt Stuff, um, all about <laughs> awkwardness with our families and friends. Um, so there's more interviews, more gay life, uh, more roundups, more everything coming in 2020. So join us at patreon.com forward slash flame on show or uh, follow us on social media or do both. Por que no los dos? Yay! And with that being said, Happy New Year, everybody. We'll see you in 2020. Bye, bitch. Sloppy boob year. Happy New Year. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.